In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Brought to you this week by the greatest linebacker of all time. Welcome into episode 58 of the Gospel Friends. I'm Nick. I'm David. I'm Chase. And uh, who? what greatest linebacker are you referencing there, my friend? Well, I'm technically referencing Derek Thomas. Um, that was the number that he, um, he last wore playing football um, before his untimely tragic death as he played for the Kansas City Chiefs. But he hailed from the University of Alabama. That's right. Roll dun, Tide. Dun, Roll Tide, dun, indeed. Dun, dun. Roll Tide. And it is how a- is it that we have David this week on the show saying Roll Tide? Has something happened? Because the right David is here. Mm. The right Ooh. David is here. All right. The David that you looks like right one. Tim Howard, not the David that talks so long you fall into a <laughs> coma. Oh, boy. There's edit points already. How you guys doing this That's week? That's not an edit point. That was just a... We're doing good. Joke. Doing really good. So we do have to, you know, if you're a podcast listener only, um, this is not as noticeable as if you're on Periscope right now. Um, But we do have some people that are confused about whether or not we actually have the men's national team goalkeeper, Tim Howard, on. Rightfully so. Oh, my goodness, do you look like Tim Howard? And you're wearing a... Men's USA? national team yeah. jersey. The men's national team. That was team. a good trick. It was the authentic one. Cost a pretty penny, but wow, it's must here be and nice. it's on. You got some connections with Nike. You can, it goes a long way. Okay. So the wow. national jersey and the soccer talk is appropriate for tonight because I understand earlier we had actually a soccer game. Is that right? No, there was not a soccer game. There was a but whooping. Soccer mm, annihilation. Very well. Go played. United States. Sorry very about well you, played. Brazil and Aussies watching. We are going to indulge in patriotism mm. for a brief moment. Then we'll probably tick off all the Americans later on when we talk about should Christian churches in America be patriotic. Yeah, yeah it's going to go. We're going to make we're going to make everybody angry before the night is over. But no, it was a good. You know, we we got some of us got together. The the friends in the room got together to hang out, um, watch the the game. My Hope time. Journey suggests your superhero name can be Tim Howard. Tim we Howard? also talked about The Keeper. We're yeah, thinking like, Keeper. Like yeah, The Keeper. Like um, kind of a force field powers, kind of like a Mr. Uh, Invisible Woman. That's not very manly, though, is it? Hmm, let me, let me th- I don't let me know. Yeah, I'll think, we'll think on that. Well, yeah. I don't know. Keeping, keeping uh, false teaching at bay, I'm okay oh, with that. Oh, that's good. That's that good. good. Keeping false teaching. So right there's, there's potential. So what would you think? No, I was – 15 second run down the game. I had to pinch myself a little bit. The funny thing was the whole uh, follow, build up to the game was Carly Lloyd's the girl. Carly Lloyd should be the MVP. Carly Lloyd, and here she comes right off the get go and scores two quick goals. And I'm just pinching myself like this can't be real. There's no way we well, can start first this goal, fast. You're, you're pinching good. yourself. You're going, yeah. Th- this doesn't happen this fast. Not in a final. Yeah, that was the quickest start and the most beautiful, exciting start. Sixteen in, you're four zero. Yes. There's no coming back from that. Japan's got to be completely. They try. I mean, look, Japan did some things to really try, but they just, in my opinion, England should have been in it. 
Well, but either way, we'll take the win. I think we would have taken them. You yeah. know, the bummer today, we had a – at the Hall of Dogma Church, uh, we had a three-hour and 15-minute elder meeting, which I was a little <laughs> concerned about. But I, I got to Nick's house to watch the game. We were going to watch it. And uh, uh, you weren't there, Skinner, for some reason. But uh, we, I was there. And we had some great Rice Krispie treats. So shout out to Lisa. Um, got there to watch the game. And I was like 15 minutes late. And I was like, ah, this is totally you fine. It all. Nothing has happened. And I get in, and it's four <laughs> to freaking nothing. It's he, insane. He literally you walked in right after Carly Lloyd's goal from midfield. From oh my. midfield. Yeah. I really, at that point, I, that one I honestly did feel bad for the Jap- Japan goalie because I'm like, don't get off your uh, line. You, that, don't yeah, get off your you line. Yeah, it's it's well, like the famous move, uh, even David if you're not Beckham a soccer goal. fan. Sullivan's off his line. Yeah, and where where Beckham scores from midfield. Yeah, you got to Google that one. Okay, but YouTube it. I, I've seen goalies play up that far, but but you've, if you're going to be out that far, you've got to be ready for that kick. Right, but and the it chances just are going to sell over sell over the goal. Most people aren't going to make that dead on but kick. You and if you're not a soccer get, fan, you should still enjoy that. Look, goal. that one was that was a beautiful goal. That was impressive. Now to to anger the other. Uh, listeners um, who are not don't care about soccer, also known as Americans. Yes, yeah. Um, pretty big weekend here in the states. USA, <laughs> USA. <laughs> it was the Fourth of July holiday, it was, and it we was. started today uh, in the Hall of Dogma Church with the Star Spangled Banner. We pledged allegiance not once but thrice. Uh, oh wait, maybe we didn't do those things. Did you fold the no, flag? No, because we're in a church. We did not fold. Ooh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope nobody I'm, knows where this place is because the militia is going to come and shoot some yeah. people. Wow. Your arm. No, all, look, there, wow. there is a constant bantering back and forth. It was it was present in the Hall of Dogma all week leading up to service. What will services be like this week? And yeah, so I think so. I think so. That's the that's the big question is do we is the relationship between um, America and patriotism too close to our Christian faith? Where does the connection go awry in that? You know, uh, is patriotism question. Christian? But I realize we didn't start the show with the national anthem. We, we need to oh. do that first, don't we? Do I need to go back and oh, edit points? Say, can you see by the – okay, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Oh, no, by all means because I need more outtake material. It, well, you got some right there. That's that's <laughs> no, that's, that's prime. What yeah, is in no. this can of Coke you gave me? Um, oh. Just a little bit of honey. A little bit of honey. That's not <laughs> – Bit of honey. There you a go. A little bit of honey. No, um, you had an interesting quote though that you were telling us in pre-show. Yeah, Billy Sunday uh, has got a evangelist. Billy Sunday said this: Christianity and patriotism are synonymous terms, and hell and traitors are synonymous. And, and, and it's the take of again the connection between patriotism and our Christian faith. Are they too close? I've been in church services where Fourth of July weekend nothing's mentioned, mm-hmm. and I've been in church services where. Only America and you think you're at a civil right? Yeah, not, it, not a exactly. So where is it okay? Where where do we draw the line? Where is there? Where do we cross over with? It's a little bit. We've gone a little crazy there with our with our national pride and and, and that kind of thing. Well, you're talking about Billy Sunday, that famous uh, Syrian uh, evangelist. Are you uh, right? I believe so. Yeah, he was from Syria, or no? Was he from Botswana? Or was he American? I, I, I'm seriously asking. Nice Where was shit. Billy Sunday from? I don't know. Let me Google. He was from America. I'm being a jerk. What I'm trying to say is, what sort of patriotism is is Reverend Sunday? And of course, he's been dead for a long time. Former baseball player, died in 1935, way back in the day. Um, what he was trying to say is, uh, 
American patriotism is synonymous with Christianity. But can you imagine a Botswanan evangelist saying the same thing? Like uh, or or a Syrian evangelist or a German evangelist or a North Korean evangelist saying patriotism is synonymous with Christianity. To our American ears, that might not sound like a crazy statement, but I guarantee you if you heard a North Korean Christian on the radio saying that, you might say, well, that's kind of weird to hear. And it's weird to me to hear an American say that because I personally don't believe that patriotism is synonymous with evangelist with christianity and i so we're you know we are um for those who are first-time listeners or, or periscope viewers first-time watchers we are in the deep south um, we are in in central north central alabama um and so there is a a strong tie to one's faith and their political position and so this is a common uh, correlation that we see here all the time um, in the church and and outside of it. But on days like today, weekends like this weekend, Memorial Day weekends, it seems like patriotism takes over the church to a degree that you begin to wonder: Are are we still at church? Right. Um, because right. because I have seen churches, church services, and you were describing one in prep, David, that. The, the cross is diminished in favor of the flag, and and I I think that's an imbalance. I understand. So, is there any place for some show of patriotism, national pride, support of the country in church? And if so, where's where do you where do you draw the line? No, I think you can. I think you can do it right. I think you've Veterans Day. It's a good time to recognize people in your congregation and the lives they've lived and what they've done. Fourth um, of July weekend, you know, the, the instance you were talking about, we learned more about the folding of the flag than we did the cross, and I think that just takes it overboard. You, you recognize you about the, the folding of the flag in every church. fold, For every real? fold, wow, wow, what wow. the fold means. The ROTC came in, they did that thing right. I could tell you all about the folds, but I couldn't tell you about justification. But anyway, well, but so to play a little bit of devil's advocate, that's one Sunday a year, and and us as believers, you know, it's important to understand. The background of our country, where we come from, sure. you know, is it not important to understand national pride, even as believers? Can you hold like a Tuesday night class on America history <laughs> instead of have to do it on Sunday mornings? Wow, oh, John the Baptist! Wow, you just did I say something wrong? John the Baptist <laughs> off his pedestal. I'm not sure if that's out of like who he's was so off? proud that he. F- I think that was on Nick. Okay. Me. By that's the way, good, we have man. a new uh, uh, mascot for the show, and it is John no longer a hand grenade. Who sits on our uh, our sugar um, container, and he's mainly for Periscope listeners, but he just had a hard Watchers. fall yeah, he did. because he's distressed about this this discussion of Mm-mm. patriotism. I think you can do it good. I think you can do it right if you if you keep in context where you're at and you you represent you live in the country, you represent your country, uh, you're a part of the civilization that you're in. You you should take joy in what people have done for the freedom that you have and the things that we get to express with that, but. But it just – you either it – it seems like it's one extreme or the other. Okay. And so I don't know if I've been a place that's done it right. I don't even know if I could tell you what it looks like to do it right. Hey, look, it's a great discussion. Uh, Nathan Martin, who's watching on Periscope, said um, – Said that you know churches used to teach hygienity. Churches are, are don't just are, aren't just limited to teaching things in the scripture. Nathan's absolutely right. It, it, it's okay to do that, but we got to keep in mind passages like First uh, Peter two ten through twelve. 
Paul says, Dear friends, I urge you as strangers and temporary residents mm-hmm. that we're aliens and strangers. Yeah. We're not I, – like I, I was born in America, but we're not first and foremost Americans. You're saying America is not the new heavens and the new earth? It is Whoa. not, and, and hey, you actually struggle to hey, find it. I'm from America, them fighting words. <laughs> mm. I, I will tell you guys a story though, uh, a, a very brief one. Um, I was with uh, Sam Knowles. He and I went to a mission trip to Mexico several years ago. Uh, if you haven't been to Mexico, the food's great. The people is great. The the, the sites are great. Uh, but it, it's it's not America. The toilets not great. The toilet paper situation <laughs> not great. You can't flush toilet paper there if you have a toilet. You have to put it in a can next to the toilet. And you can imagine that's. That's a little problematic. How did you make it out alive? Look, it's tough. I'll, I'll tell you this also. You the most germophobic man I know. Yeah, the water, you can't drink it. You can't get it in your mouth. So if you're taking a shower or whatever, you open up that mouth, you're mm. going uh, to have some problems. Close your eyes too. Don't get in those eyes. Uh, you can't get it in the, Yeah, you can't do those things. Wow. So uh, there's some things about Mexico I struggle with. Not the people, not the food. Food was great. People were great. But when I got back to the United States of America, got out of the car, I got on the ground and kissed the ground because I was happy to be back to good old American toilets and food and water that you can drink. Okay, so for those who are new listeners or maybe haven't spent a lot of time with Chase Thompson, you, you're not being just elaborate or whatever here. You actually lips touched the cement. Yeah, this is a true story. I really, I literally kissed. You all may not understand this. This is the man that, um, let's say... Uh, his child were, was in the woods, and they get a bug on them that he can't identify. He will save the bug for a week in case said child has to go to the doctor so that we can identify potential allergens. Specimen. That is, uh, that is only in the case of ticks, just in case there's some <laughs> oh, sort of issue Don't bring up with ticks that. right now. That is amazing uh-huh. that, that there was that much of a stark contrast that you, of all no. people, Captain Germaphobe, Kiss the ground. Uh, look, I've been on a lot of mission trips. I love foreign countries, but there is no place Not foreign bugs. like America. Well, there you go. Now, that said, I think, I think it's a great discussion point. Uh, I, I think churches tend to – and I think this was the point you were bringing up, Skinner, which is which is such a big deal. We, I don't think we should take any week out of the year. Don't just tell me it's one week out of the year because you also have Veterans Day, Memorial Day, etc. Right. I, I, th- I think we should honor – People in the church, because Paul says outdo each other in showing honor. Mm-hmm. But should we focus on patriotism? I, I don't. I don't think so. We should focus on Christ. Um, there's a lot of things in our country that's wrong. There's a lot of things in our country that's right. But ultimately, I'm not looking to make American converts. I'm looking to point people to Jesus. Amen. The thing that's this toughest for me is whenever you you have pastors who will have church services like that, and the week before or the week after will have have lambasted. A senator or the Congress or the president whenever it is made clear that, hey, you're where you're at. You're supposed to be who you are and do what you do no matter your circumstances. And it's just that that contrast there is is always difficult for me to sometimes swallow. So good topic. Thank you for reminding us. Um, happy Keeper. Four. Yeah. Happy Fourth of July. Everybody have a good weekend. It was Anybody blow anything weekend. up? I had some great food this weekend. Did you? Yeah. I had too much food this weekend and it didn't go well. Yeah. No, I've got, I, I can't blow anything up yet. My kids are too young. They're still scared of the big boom. So are we they? do the low-level, ground-level fireworks okay. that yep. just barely come off the ground. Yeah. The little tanks, the little uh, shoe sparks. Absolutely. Those tanks are awesome. So, we'll move sparkles. up, though. 
Spark- uh, they're even scared of sparklers. What really? about jumping yeah. jacks? Those are those are great and almost as cheap as little firecrackers. Probably be worried to come after them. Yeah, I don't know if I've got that yet. Oh, they're cool. A lot of poppers though. Still, yeah. poppers are oh, great. Whipper snappers. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, very cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, our kids are loving it. My oldest is. Um, she was thrilled last night because I let her shoot bottle rockets off by herself. Nice. So, well, you remember Chris Riggins? One time back in the day, he used to work at a fireworks stand. Oh, he would no. get those giant things. Oh, and yeah. We would put a bunch of them together. One time, we put a bunch of them together and put a, under a bucket, and the explosion was so bright it knocked street lights out. Oh my goodness! It was great. Jeez, my dad worked. At, my dad was in the army, and he would bring some military grade firework. Oh, oh that's, see, that's and not I'm talking awesome. about. I'm surprised helicopters didn't hover. Over over and that's awesome. Or the military police show up. It was like the whole neighborhood would gather just to see that one firework go off. And it was that insane. is great. We lived in a cul-de-sac and <laughs> we used to do the thing where you, the, the small, um, the, I don't know what they call them, but they had the tube, you'd drop a shell in. Yeah, the mortars. <laughs> mortars. So it's a really tiny version of what you see in a firework show. We'd get half of those and empty them in the tube and blow those up but it, it's like what you're talking about yes. nearly as impressive the thing we thought was going to be awesome and then about a third of the way through we went oh my what have we done is we got the I'm talking your arms making a circle roll of firecrackers and it rolled most of the way down our cul-de-sac and by goodness we lit it and we <laughs> got to the point <laughs> later on in it we were tying things to it to get set off as it made it to parts of the fire. Jeez, that thing went great. off for like 10. That's beautiful. No. No, it wasn't. That's what the force about, right? Oh, yeah. Something. In light of the command of Jesus to love each other and the command of Paul to be at peace with all men, should Christians participate in bottle rocket wars? Yes. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, yes. I vote yes. There's there's some bonding, some real bonding. I, also I had a bottle yes. rocket war in a church parking lot and then That's got in trouble the and had to clean it up. Man. Well, look, I mean, be responsible. Place. Clean your stuff up. Well, we weren't going to, but somebody, the neighbors called us out. It was nasty. <laughs> hey, look, I've cleaned nice. up a few church parking lots with bottle rockets in it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I'm for cleaning up, but I, I love a good bottle rocket. Bottle war. rocket wars are biblical. All right. Well, so you, you started Concluded. off strong. <laughs> Proved. QED. Stamp. Uh, um, so you started off strong, but um, you being the newbie, we, we really we really had to see what kind of quality you were going to bring to the show. So good first topic. Thank you. Um, so that's one. You got to get you got to get three wins mm. today. All right. Uh, so here's your opportunity for your second win um, with the other David MIA. Um, somebody Where throw is him David a tissue. Anyway? <sighs> oh no, we already had this. Yeah. Bermuda. <laughs> he wishes. Um, Me too. Oh, wait, you I, wish I David was in Bermuda? I would want to be there, too, alongside him. With him. David? I, well, I like David. You and David in Bermuda together, huh? Well, I mean, we could bring our families. Okay. So close. Rev verbiage. Um, it's it's time for a little bit of fun and games. Yeah. And you have a game for us. I do you? have a game for us. In fact, um, it's time to play... Do we have games? The game. <laughs> Way to get our sound effects to the periscope. I almost forgot that. Yeah. It's all about the game. Yes. All right. So tell us a little bit about this game you've, this game, you've prepared. Scouring the scouring Hall of Dogma scouring? archive. Scouring is up, not the is scouring not a word. I was going to say searching, but that's scouring kind of is a word. Scouring, it's a good no, word. Scouring is, is that the right is a word? word? Yeah. Periscope yeah, combing through combing through. That's what it means. Podcasters. Right. Okay. All right. The Hall of Dogma Church Sermon Archive. Hello to everyone. By the way, I know I have not said my uh, the first time here. Hello to Periscopers, Twitterers, Tim Howard, autographs, twi- podcasters, 
It is a, Thank you, a great opportunity to be here. I appreciate it very much. By the way, shout out to at Nathan you. Martin. You. you were you were talking a moment ago, bring that and up. Nathan just simply goes, Genetics. "I agree with the bald guy." <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. I'm not bald. I just shaved. Well, if you had a lot of hair, yeah. you wouldn't look like Tim Howard. You, you shaved be nearly as cool. I, I played my part well. Yes, I played my part well. Good disguise. All right, so the game, um, Scouring, scouring. The yes. scouring Archive. Nathan told me it was Scouring, so it's Scouring. Thank okay. you. I have um, done hours of Thanks, research, and I have man. come up with phrases that have been said by your own Chase Thompson. Oh, my gosh. By Kevin Small and by okay. David McConnell. All right. This is awesome. Better known as Captain Crunchy, Rev Verbage, and whoever Kevin Small is. Don't know Dr. Septum. Dr. Septum. Dr. Septum. So the Don't game is, why. I'm going to give you a phrase, gentlemen, and you tell me who said it. Oh, great. And I will say there are a few curveballs in <laughs> here that could be trick. I'm sure all so of we'll, these are pure, wholesome, very, theologically sound, very, and very intelligent. And, and all of them are, are in the proper context of where oh, they were yes. found. Oh, yeah. Context is okay. king. All right. And I'm going to keep up with scores. All right, so do we just buzz in or do we just say or what? I am confused by one thing, though. Okay. You're, you're holding up this thing in front Sorry. of your face. Can you explain what to is, me exactly what, is what that is? This Some is sort of white looking thing. a piece of paper. Paper? What? Paper? I haven't seen that it's in a long time. Periscope? I think I was in elementary Don't show the school. Answers. Don't show paper. the answers. That's real paper. Let me, let me legit, legit paper made from wood. Trees of America. All right. Jeanette says you need a few tattoos. I've got them. I would just have to take some stuff off for you to see them. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ooh, that's a foul. So Edit the game. Point. Game, game point. Game, Edit game point. time. Game. game point. Here we go. Um, no, we'll go. I'll call you out, and then, um, yeah, I'll call you out. Okay. I, don't, I don't know how it would work if we did buzzing in. All right, calling us out. Hey, alternate back and forth, right? Yeah, give you, you Give me give two you and give him one. Uh, we'll go in alphabetical order. So, Chase, your name starts. Yes, Let's see. We'll go with you face, first. Nick. And, uh, all right, here we go. First one. Clothing is optional. <laughs> Clothing is optional. If that is where we're starting, this is going to be a fun game. Uh, okay, so this is either me or Nick or David. I mean, me or Kevin or David. That so is that, correct. I, I'm going to guess. I'd like for it to be able to be me. That sounds a little bit like something I'd say. Was it me? That is correct. Yes. That is correct. Right. That is correct. I don't Point know why Chase. I would say that, but uh, that's embarrassing. All right, Nick. What was I talking about? <laughs> Just whatever. I don't know. I say a lot of things that I know. get in trouble with after I preach from my wife, who is uh, this one. I don't remember. A solid person. Yeah, this one. It was. Yeah, this one. I don't remember exactly. Uh, Nick, I have various bodily discharges. Oh my gosh. That's either Kevin or Chase, but I'm going with Chase. Look, I'm not going to say that. That is incorrect. No. That. That's disgusting. Are you serious? That is incorrect. Do you I, want to take the counter for the point? I'm going to say Kevin. No, you oh, are wrong. It was, it was, it was McConnell. McConnell. I'm going to tell you honestly, McConnell was one of the hardest ones to get out of context. He speaks so precisely. He does indeed. It was really hard to get him. Hey, true story. I'm going to give you a little background in the Hall of Dogma I've Church. got a few. I just got to look them up. David types his words. I don't just – he types all of them. We might need to edit point that no, I think it's awesome. No like secret. a lot of preachers do a full manuscript kind of thing, and David does that. He types his words out, and he's an excellent writer. Therefore, he's an excellent mm-hmm. speaker, or he's an excellent speaker. Therefore, he's an excellent writer. I don't know which one, but he does type all his words out. Yeah, I do not. So, context of bodily discharges. Yeah. Couldn't tell you that either. Okay, that's <laughs> this is that's awesome. Pretty striking. This is delightful. That is very distracting. Right. I will say it makes his sermon notes a lot easier to prep for oh, the website sure than yours. Yeah, mine are. Uh, Mine are a bit of a mess. Mm. Okay, 
Chase, are you ready? I'm ready. I'm in. So one to no- we're one to nothing, right? That is it is one to nothing, Chase. All right. I'm dressing up like a police police officer. I'm dressing up like a police officer. Ooh. I don't remember personally saying that. Uh, that's so. So maybe Kevin or. Oh wait, maybe I would say something like that. Um, David, that is correct. Yes, Chase I think is he, on it right now. I think that was one of the messages where he was talking about maybe his dad. Yes, and he was talking about him as a a kid. That okay. is correct. That yeah. I, that one I do know, and I know. This I was one so well. hoping you're gonna. Nick, are you ready? I don't know. Punish right. the deed, not the breed. That's Kevin. That is correct. Punish the deed because that was not last the week. That is what that was last nice. week. That was oh, that's week. cheating. Mm. How is that cheating? Because it was last it's, week. It's two to one. You're fine. Three you to ready? one. I've two got two to one. one. I've got two four, to one. Four to one. <laughs> you guys can't count. <laughs> this one's tough. It's to you, but I'm going to ask it. Okay. So you, it's kind of narrowing it down. But uh, Chase dumped on his head. Chase dumped on his head. I, boy, that's really out of context. I'm going to say Kevin there. That is incorrect. Oh, Do you want to go for the point? I'm actually going to guess Chase. That is incorrect. Oh, it was nice. I thought you were trying McConnell. to pull a reverse on me. Oh, well. Mm. All right. Still two to one. Who we go to? Nick? Is it you? Yes, yeah, me. Yep. This is an easy one. Okay. I've been looking at porn all day. <laughs> Chase Thompson. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> that is famously. Correct. That is correct. I did say in a message one time I've been looking at porn all day. It was a hypothetical statement, although in truth, I, I've had 15 years of pornography addiction that I've talked a lot about. Uh, I was not that day looking at porn all day. Yes, so he, was, he was very – in fairness. So I may or may not have ceded this statement to, to David. Well, that's cheating. But it was in a time where you were calling people to repentance. And, and yeah. the, the statement was, I don't care if you're sitting there in the seat saying, I have been doing this all day. Yes. You, yes. you know – yeah. Please come to repentance. So, I, talk, I talk in hypotheticals sometimes. Yes. Is, this, is it two to two? Two to two. <laughs> two to two. Yeah. All right. With the freebie. Uh, mm, that is good. Chase, it's your turn? Yes. I believe miracles no longer happen. David Skinner. That is incorrect. Um, that was a joke. Uh, that's going to be out of context, and I'll say me. You are correct. Yes, all right. You are correct. I knew as it. I knew it. As we're going to find out in a minute, I still do believe you are correct. Happen. You were you were quoting R.C. Sproul in yes. that context. That is Only that heretics believe that they don't happen anymore. That is incorrect. <laughs> Did you just call R.C. Sproul a heretic and David Skinner? I'm just. Well, I've got no problem calling Skinner a heretic. They're, those people are really not heretics. <laughs> time will tell. I'm just being incendiary. You get this right, you tie it, and we continue. You get it wrong, Chase wins. Oh, my God. Is that time right? Do we need to keep going? Or okay, I've got plenty. You let me know when I need to cut it off. Let's go for, let's go for two or three more. Okay. Right. I want to marry Matt Chandler. Kevin Small. That is incorrect. Are you serious? That is incorrect. David McConnell. That is incorrect also. That was a curveball. No one said that. I was going to say, I, I know I didn't say that. <laughs> okay, although, no, that's foul. Foul. I want another whoa. question. I told you it was a curveball. I told you there may be a curveball. No, 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 but you told me there were three answer possibilities. I did not get none of cut the above as an option. No, yeah. wait. Oh, I can't. Cut if I could reach over him, I would cut that thing. <laughs> that's out of context. But <laughs> <I would. laughs> moving on. It's, it's three to two. If Chase. I had to marry a guy, you know. I would, I would probably. That's not a bad one. I agree. I hope nobody heard that. I forgot, 
I was going to ask this one before, so I'm not going to do this. Adhesive Wombat said he could marry him now if he wanted to. Chase, are you ready for the next one? <laughs> yeah, I think so. We're, we're quite off rails, but that, that's normal for this time of the show. Some of the Periscope responses are pretty Embezzling great. money would make me happy. <laughs> embezzling money would make me happy. It's true that embezzling money would make me sure. happy. Uh, but did I say it? Or did David say it? Or did Kevin say it? I said it. Incorrect. Oh, for the point. Mm, both incorrect. That was Kevin. Are you serious? Wow. That was Kevin. Right. We're all fans of investing no, money right. I, around I, here. I cede to Chase because here's here's the problem. Three to two, Chase one. Congratulations, yes. Chase. He pays attention when people talk here. Um, <laughs> give, us, give us two or three more of the top ones. Uh, oh man, those were the best ones I've picked. All right, there was um, you know, I want to grow up and, and track serial killers. <laughs> nice. Not serial eat, but serial killers. Yes, Chase. That was you. That was me. I, um, I said that. Still want to do that when I grow I've up. I stomped on people. David was a little psychotic. I ran into a guy at Walmart. We're usually getting biscuits while you're getting here. (laughs) That's my makeup. God doesn't love the standers better than the sitters. Wow. Uh, Ah, yes. That... I worked hard on that. I hope that was a... Oh, look, it was fun. I like it. Beautiful game. I'm sorry for So are we giving him a second win, Chase? uh, Was that a second? that's a a second win. That's good. Um... (laughs) All right, go ahead and just. I'm turn sorry it. for all the sermons you had to listen to. <laughs> it was a lot. That that is an awful lot. All right, guys, uh, you want you want to play a little uh, transitional sound effect there, Nikolai? Eh, in honor Narco of not being here, Nick, as you were called earlier. Sad day. Sad day. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Hall of Dogma. That was awful. <laughs> This is the first time in Gospel Friends show history that we fully waited for that sound effect to complete. <laughs> I feel like we have You're taken welcome, a, by the a way. second level uh, up into um, professional podcastism. All right, guys. It's time to play Big Deal, Little Deal, BDLD. This is the part of the show where I'm going to give you a topic, and you're going to pontificate on it, but primarily you're going to tell me if this is a big deal or a little deal. And we have a little friend to go along with John the Baptist. It's a purple time cube to keep us from having two-hour shows, which is uh, a little bit ridiculous. You a big fan of of the color? Little deal. I got the purple time cube. Thank you very much because of the numbers it had on it, not because of the color. Okay. But as long as you're asking, I'm fine with the color purple. It's royalty, not what you're implying. I'm not implying anything, bud. You were. I know you. His eyes were. I could His see eyes were implying. I don't it. see you wearing a lot of purple. You're not an LSU fan. I don't know what purple matches. What color? Are blue. I wear black mostly because I yes. know black goes with everything. All right. So we're going to use right, the timer. Malcolm. You guys get five minutes, and then I'll kind of wrap us up on each segment with like a one- or two-minute thing. Here is your first topic. Baptist megachurch pastor Ed Young of Second Baptist in Houston has invited Glenn Beck, the conservative uh, Fox News radio host and a Mormon, to come speak at their church's July the 4th Freedom Experience, which happened yesterday, because he's an American patriot who loves God. Is that a big deal, little deal, or no deal? Over to you, David the Keeper Skinner. I would go with no deal for me, oh, if not little oh. deal. 
Just because I don't put a lot of weight in Ed Young anyway. Ed Young is. Ooh, sorry, John. Sorry, John. I don't, I don't. I'm not a big fan of Ed Young. He's he's a big. He really wants to be a talk show host, but he's a pastor, and so he tries to mix the two up. You know, he had Marcus Luttrell on there. He had the Duck Dynasty couple on yeah. there. He likes interviews. He likes to interview. He likes to wear fancy get-ups. So I, I'm going to go with. This isn't a shocker for me. This isn't a shocker for me. I don't really see. Now, in context of where it where it is, uh, it's no deal. But would a would the Hall of Dogma Church have Glenn Beck? I think it would be a big deal. Big deal for us. Um, but if, for Ed Young's church, I, I go. That's just the par for them. Uh, um, for the for the type of event, um, it, with it being on the fourth, I'm assuming it's similar to a, a type of something a city would put on, um, like a freedom festival deal prior to their fireworks show. And if, in in that context, as I'm imagining it. I'm going little deal, because um, because in any of those you're going to get the the patriotism uh, theology deference to in general air quotes God, um, and so I, you know I'm not looking for you know theological guidance from that. I'm not expecting excuse me, and so in that regard I would say little deal. But with it being at a, a church sponsored, if it's at their church that. Gives me the heebie-jeebies, but yeah, you'll get a lot of "In God We, tr- we Trust." Yes, this is a, a Christian nation God bless founded America. on Christian morals. Get a, That's about as much theology as you'll get, right? This place. And so, in that regard, I guess the Mormon part doesn't. I agree with Nick Jenkins. Raise a red flag. Oh, what? Very whoa, good. whoa, whoa! Hold on. First so, mark a date and time. Sorry, <laughs> mark it down. All right, guys, I'm going to say uh, I I think that this is a big deal for. An evangelical church to have a Mormon in, although I'm very sympathetic to your arguments that uh, because it's Ed Young, it may not be such a big deal because he has celebrities in all the time. Quite frankly, I, I, I'm all for being creative, but even Ed Young mega fan John Talley wrote and said that he was frustrated with uh, Ed over this decision. Uh, look, Mormonism is a false gospel. I think there's a, a chance that Mormonism is moving away from the more false aspects of its gospel, uh, but but they are far away from biblical Christianity. They deny so many important doctrines, and 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 Glenn Beck is is right up there with them. I, I we're going to talk later about Chris Stoddard's question: Who do we partner with in ministry? I don't think Christians and Mormons can partner together in ministry, even if we both love the same thing which might be our country or it might be a particular brand of cereal uh, or whatever. So. Yeah. Um, I am super dad. Um, basically he, his thought was similar is that um, if it's a message in the church, big deal, but something like this, not as much. Um, Nathan agreed there. Um, Jeanette actually, you know, thank you Jeanette for bringing us back down to earth. She's like, Hey, as long as the gospel was shared with him, that's great. And so that's, it's a beautiful point too. So maybe, well, I, you know, I, I'm all for having Mormons in the church, Mormons preaching in the church. Uh, you know, it's a little bit different. Yeah. You, you can share the gospel with somebody and not, not give them an opportunity to preach. Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah. no. I'm not, I'm not advocating for the opportunity. To preach. And by the way, I don't hate Glenn Beck. I don't hate Mormons. Uh, I just Mormons peddle a false gospel, and um, I've probably never listened to four or five minutes of Glenn Beck in my life, so I don't know him enough to dislike. Or like him, yeah. And from for the way Ed Young does things, it won't be Glenn Beck preaching. He'll just be interviewed and 
Yes, that yeah. is probably true. It would be a huge deal to me if he was preaching. He's obviously not preaching. Uh, I say this is a pep rally kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I went to Liberty Seminary, graduated from Liberty Center Seminary, which is cessationist, by the way. Um, Amen. Uh, evangelical cessationist and dispensational, which I'm only one of the three of those. But uh, before we get to the topic, go ahead and start Liberty, reviewing that. <laughs> Liberty about two years ago had Glenn Beck in for a convocation, which is kind of like. Preaching, but not quite, and, and that gave me a lot of heartburn. Um, Liberty is a solidly evangelical school, but maybe gets a little too political sometimes for my taste. Ergen Kaner Liberty? Uh, yeah, and uh, I think Kaner was there at the time. I never met him, never had a class from him. Um, he was not the president when I graduated. So, But, yeah, you, you know Kaner quite well because he uh, preached at, at a couple of services. You were I at, did, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, good, and, good uh, friends, good buddies there. Yeah, fantastic friends. I think let's uh, go down I think this I road this early. On Twitter, and then I didn't, and then I got in. Yeah. Okay. That's, well, we could have is, a lot of conversation about that. that would go far. And did you get rebuked for a non-Twitter follow? No, I didn't try to. I was the one that tried to get him to not come to our church. I tried to get the pastor to not let him come preach, and he ended up coming anyway. We assure you, he won't say anything. That's well. Have you read anything on him? No, but I, I assure you, he's he's solid. Mm-hmm. Was it was it problematic when he came to preach? Hey. The church you were at? Yeah, there was a few of us that fought him coming, and then when he Like when what he, he came, said, was it, was it problematic? Uh, no, it was just stand-up comedy. He just did nothing but joke about – let's just say there was more belly laughs in the church than I've ever seen in my life. But the Bible was – I had the Bible slung at me from a friend because it was never opened. Oh, my. Well. All right. Staying slightly in the vein of politics. Oh, uh, boy. And with a shout-out to our friend James McSorley, member of the Hall of Dogma, which is our Facebook group. You can join at hallofdogma.com. A United Kingdom preacher named Reverend McConnell, but not the Reverend McConnell we know. This is Pastor James McConnell, is being prosecuted by the government for calling Islam satanic. Essentially, he's preached a sermon saying that uh, Islam is is, a, is an ungodly, satanic religion, and the government has given him a chance to stop saying that, to recant. He's not going to, so they're going to charge him with a crime, uh, with a with a financial penalty. He is saying he's not going to pay the financial penalty, and the next step after that is jail time. So I would say to you guys, before we get uh, an opinion from James McSorley on the situation, is this a big deal, little deal, or no deal over in the United Kingdom that we're dealing with this issue? Uh, this, you know, this is going to be a little bit of American perspective because you know freedom of speech and freedom of religion is is so touted here. It's it's one of the things we hang our hat on, and so for me, a pastor not being able to essentially call preach from the word from his point of view and, and say what something is based on the word uh, is a big deal. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm interested in what the crime is, and um, I find it interesting that they're they're levying a financial penalty. The crime is incendiary speech. Incendiary speech, okay. Yeah. Um, I find it interesting that they're leveling a financial penalty in – I don't know. Just the way they're they're doing the penalty is interesting to me, but I would I would say that's a very big deal um, when you're no longer able to stand on the word of God and preach it. That's that's a big deal. I would say big deal as well. I would say expected. Yeah, uh, expected because it will eventually work its way to America. I believe it's coming. Uh, it's 
America enjoyed some good times of being the moral majority, but marginalization is where Christians have always been in the margins, and so that's where we're we're headed. That's how it should be, and I mean biblically, that's what you see. And so, I think it's a very big deal. But the question, you know, that comes in my mind is. You just push what you believe, but let's press the gospel, let's push what we believe, or do we actually call out that which is differing? So if I'm in a pulpit, do I just go with the gospel and proclaim Christ and Christ alone, or do I then call out, well, this is wrong, and this is wrong, and this is wrong? That's a great point. Well, but, you know, I I agree with you that you— Because the same, the first one, the second one will come naturally, right? That's my thought, is that—and I don't know that—I don't know what this guy preached. I don't know how—I don't know if he went— you know, here's a five week sermon series on why Islam is satanic, or if it was in the course of a, a sermon, and you know, we all the time we have Q and A types of parts of messages, or there become series that the congregation has gone, hey, hey Chase, hey David, hey Samuel, hey John, hey Nick, hey Kevin, you know, what about this? What about this? What about this? And it just it becomes apparent you need to address a topic in your fellowship from the Bible's point of view, and in context of delivering that message, the reality is this. And you say this, and it's it's not an issue of you're not trying to go on a, on a tirade or, or crusade. You're just you're presenting facts as laid out by the Bible, and there you are. You're at odds with culture. Yeah, you you preach Christ and Christ alone, and Him being the only way to salvation. In doing so, you're going to step on a In lot doing of other so, you're going toes. To, yeah. yeah. Well, instead of me giving you whether I think it's a big deal, little deal, or no deal, I'm going to let you hear from James McSorley himself. We don't have a voicemail, but he sent us a message this week, so I will read it. James from Belfast, I believe he's from Belfast, Northern Ireland, says, Hey, buddy, how are you? Been a while since I checked in with you guys. I don't know how much info you have on the Pastor McConnell issue, so here's the story thus far. Uh, after the media storm last year and the caution that that pastor that James McConnell received, we assumed that was the end of the story. A few weeks ago, though, he was asked to sign a document which he believes would put restrictions on the content of his sermons in the future. He refused. Two policewomen called a few days later with a court summons, the details of which are sketchy. Um, uh, if found guilty, he will receive a fine, which he says he won't pay, which could possibly result in a six-month prison start, uh, term. I fully stand with James in rejecting Islam and its various doctrines, but in saying that, he could perhaps have worded it better. We are supposed to speak the truth in love, right? I agree with that. Where he went wrong big time in the sermon was when he said he didn't trust any Muslim. That was maybe unfortunate, as there are many decent law-abiding Muslims living and working in our country. However, James is not a hateful person in any way and has been used mightily by God. He hasn't lost any of his zeal for God and feels that any change to his comments will be seen as compromise. The reason for his appearing in court is to do with his sermon, which is an attack on free speech. This is what we should all be defending, whether we agree with what's being said or not. It feels as though our faith is being assaulted over and over again, and this can be discouraging, but we know the end of the story, bro. God is still on the throne, and I pray we all receive grace so as to be found faithful in these strange days. Love you guys, and we'll be praying for my brothers and sisters in the Hall of Dogma. Godspeed. Couldn't have said it better myself, James. Uh, That's good stuff. I will assume you say that this is a bit of a big deal. I agree with that, as does many of our Periscope listeners yes. and watchers, it is a big deal. Context is very helpful there, though, because knowing kind of what what happened, when and where. Um, how do you? I mean, the thing that gave me pause was the calling Islam satanic, and and I guess that's because I have such a different view of of Satanism as an actual practiced 
religion as opposed to saying anything that's contrary to the gospel is is satanic. So I'm not sure exactly the correlation. But and we've talked about it a little bit on the show. But how do you how do you kind of rationalize or work through a statement like he made when you've got that there's a religion aspect and there's a cultural aspect to that term that some people try to treat as synonymous, but there is a there's a difference. I don't have any problem in the world saying that Islam is is a satanic religion. By that, I don't mean that it is Satanism or right. or, or whatever, but that it is uh, birthed with satanic origins. Gotcha. I, don't, I don't have a problem saying that. Uh, I do think, as James says, you have to speak the truth in love. You're not gonna you're not gonna win somebody to Christ by uh, saying up front that that way. At the same time. I think there's such a push on in the world towards universalism. You have to be really careful mm. um, to define lines of truth, and I think that's a good that's a good plan. All right, final story, guys. You get to pick this one. I'm going to give you a choice oh of three. First story has to do with the new phenomenon in dating called ghosting. That's one of your options. Second story is a pastor. I believe he's in Portland, Oregon, who says that. Uh, he supposedly annihilates Christians who use religion to per- push bigotry. In other words, he gives an argument that annihilates Christians who believe that same-sex marriage is not God's will. Final story is sent to us by Terry Benton, member of the Hall of Dogma Church. School. Uh, I'm sorry, it was by Lewis Grunler via Terry Benton. Um, schools implant IUDs in girls as young as sixth grade without their parents knowing in Seattle. Which of those stories do you want to talk about, gentlemen? I like the the ghosting. I'd like to hear if Nick's ever ghosted anybody. Yeah, I, I'm fascinated. So, wow, that that's a broad range of subjects, man. It is indeed. <laughs> that's why I wanted to let y'all pick. Can't do them all. <laughs> what do you want to do? Um, I'm a. Fr- let's go with. I, I'm with. I'm cool with with deferring to the guest. This could, count, this could ghost count as a strike against you. Let's ghost Just remember it. that. All this right, goes badly. This is your chance to learn about ghosting, which is a millennial phenomena that is infected 2015, by which people who date each other a time, two times, three times, four times, or five times are breaking up not by a person-to-person conversation, not by a phone call, not by a politely worded letter, not even by a text message, but by simply cutting off all contact. Vanish. That's what ghosting is. Okay, this you, this is very anticlimactic. You block their number. What do you, you think it was? Eliminate their Facebook page. Clearly, you no haven't calls, listened to enough gospel friends. No, nothing. This is what ghosting is. So, I would say this new trend in millennial dating, 2015. David, I'll go to you first since you were quite interested. Are you in the upset story. with the ups- with the pick? I'll go ahead. If you're upset with the pick, we can. <laughs> no, change. it's fine. It's fine. No, no, let's let's do this one. Is- Look, I defer to you. You're the guest. We let you have it. It was a stri- it could count a strike against you, and right now it's looking like a strike. Dang. Okay. So it looks like um, you're back to to one positive minutes. on the show. Is ghosting a big deal, little deal, or no deal? To you, David. I think if reading the article overall, I'm going to give it a big deal. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna give it a big deal because of. <laughs> I am super dead. That's not ghosting. That's vaporizing. <laughs> that's good. Okay. Go ahead. Nathan says we didn't call it ghosting. We called it ignoring crazy. Hey, yes, yes. I, keeper. I don't know if I've ever ghosted anyone because I was so scared of the awkward running into him at the mall or something. So I, I like the 
it's something I want to prepare my sons for is being a respectful man enough to to go through cut through the awkwardness and cut it off and, and say something. But the but the article is more of online dating, like social media dating. There's not real connection going on, but yet they're calling this relationships and dating. And that's where I bring in the big deal because they're oh. equating connecting with this other person when they've never really even met. How can you date someone that you've never seen? And so we're we're bringing in this false relationship idea. Well, some of this is even you may be redeeming yourself. Ghosting by the way. is is happening in person. At, oh yeah, well okay. people that they've de- a lot of times people are meeting <laughs> online. By the way, something like twenty percent of relationships right now meet online through, uh, you know. All the, the the dating websites and such, but this is how they are. The point t- two date, three dates, four or five dates, and then all of a sudden disappear. It, yeah, it disappear. Yeah, I guess the the idea I got was a lot of it. There were some interviews, and a lot of it was online dating. Yes, they never that, they never even too. met. Yes. Um, so I I'll go back and forth. Big deal with with the relationship issue where we're we're calling something what it's not. Little deal. You know. I think you you're disrespecting the person, not being real with them, and, and manning up and, and breaking up as you should, and saying something, but ghosting, and I think just leaving a voicemail breakup. So you're a jerk. Yes, that's but, a but ghosting, I think it's a step further than that. And, so, and text, texting is worse than a voicemail breakup. At least you're, you know, you're, it's your voice, right? You well, and the issues at hand too. Another thing I guess would piggyback on the big deal is the issues at hand of what happens when you ghost someone. They begin to question themselves. What is it about Absolutely. me? And it drives them crazy. Of what have I done? What's wrong with me? Do I'm not pretty? Am I too ugly? What is happening? Am I too thin? And they drive. He's come on, it's a big my deal. Mind. He's changing dad gum. Okay, so first of all, Nathan did want to point out that he met us online. That's true. Don't ghost us, Nathan. Yeah, a little no strange. Thing. Um, Man up if you want to break it see, off. If, if, okay. So. <laughs> Drive down to Birmingham. Look, Nathan has no problem telling you exactly what he thinks about anything at any time. True story. Um, so I, I'll honestly say it, at first I was really going to kind of make a little bit of a jerk of myself and, and laughing this off and saying no deal because in, in kind of w- what I think of is dating relationships. Yeah. You, you know, you meet somebody, you go out on a date, Hey, I may call you. And then you don't call. Eh, I mean, it didn't work out. And what's, what's the point it, at the point where people have, entered a relationship of some degree, I think that's a bigger deal. But I'm more thinking of the casual get to know you. You've got daughters. This should be a big deal to you. Yeah. This won't be an issue for my daughters. Um, They're not going to date? That's not what that was. Well, that's a whole different conversation for a whole other day. Um, But but to me, I'm thinking in large culturally. But in terms of – I guess that's an interesting idea that you have to re – uh, change your perspective on dating when you start looking at it from the lens of, of the internet nature of a lot of this stuff now um, and how that is people's connection point. And that gives me a little bit of sadness, honestly, that that's, that's such a big part of people's connection that that, that replaces um, actual time together. I understand with, with the three of us, for instance, you and I, most of our correspondence happens via via text. Right. Chase and mine, you know, we have email and, and text. Um, you know, a lot of mine is Chase's conversations in a group chat with with McConnell. A lot of the stuff about the shows. So for us to be digital is not a big deal, but for someone that you're looking to to have a share a life with, that that's a little bit different of a, of a deal. And I, and for some people, they would say, "Well, that's the only option I have," and and that kind of 
breaks my heart a little bit, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, and so in that regard, I, I understand why you would say it, it's a bigger deal. In terms of just the, the, the two people met at a, at a at a Barons game here locally and, you know, they hung out that night. Hey, you know, if you want to call me, call me. And then they don't call. That's that's a no deal to me, right? Um, but when you frame the discussion like you did, that's that's a bigger deal. I, I think it's uh, I think it's kind of a big deal myself. I think it's telling of our generation of the time we live in and the that's lack of commitment. But you know what? I, sometimes I just wonder: Am I just the next in the line of people that are getting older that fusses about the generation <laughs> underneath them? Because that has been going <laughs> on, cranky old man for, on the hill for time immemorial. But I don't think this speaks well of our generation if this is happening a lot. I'll tell you guys a story real quick before we jump into a heavy the- theological conversation. Um, the worst uh, – one of the worst things I've ever done, especially in the realm of dating. Get off my lawn. Uh, I, I, I've never ghosted a girl. I've never texted or broke really. up uh, by voicemail. But th- what I did was was so much worse. When I was in high school, I, I was I – was, I got into a rebound relationship with a girl that was awesome. She was a great person. Uh, I really liked her, but I did not like her like her, right? So I told – I made up this story. I told oh, her no. – uh, you guys grew up in Birmingham. Have you ever heard of the place called Mad Dog, which was uh, an urban legend type place that supposedly – you spell it backwards. I'm you get not. something different than Mad Dog. Supposedly a place where Satan worshipers went. Okay, so the story I told her, the reason I had to break up with her is because I went to Mad Dog – I got uh, I burned down one of the uh, Satanists' house there. Just totally a total lie, total fabrication. Uh, burned down one of their houses. They were after me, so therefore, for her own personal safety, I had to break up with her. And that is, wow. ladies and gentlemen, one of the worst things I've ever done. Wow! I, I feel mean, break up with that. someone for their best friend and don't tell them. Oh, that's pretty bad too. That's pretty bad. But you know, I mean, eventually I they're going to find that, that out, right? Yeah, I did that. Why don't we, why don't we hear this story? Friend, Daniel Robertson, if you're listening, it's good to see you, man. Good to hear from you. You did that to Daniel? Yeah, I gave Daniel a shout-out. What's up, Dan? Hey, you da- broke up. Daniel listens no, to the No, no, right? he wasn't the guy I broke up with. I broke up with another guy. He wasn't the guy you broke up with. <laughs> okay. This has gone wow. to an interesting spot. Well, what? Is what there nothing wrong with that? I think <laughs> a whole different story to Okay, so real real quick, um, I How wanted are you to make, recover from that? I wanted to throw that shout-out out there, yeah. Daniel. What's At up, Dan Daniel? Scott Rob. What's going that, on? That's um, Andy's son, right? That is yes, Andy's Okay, is. so I totally knew him back in my youth yeah. minister days at Taylor Memorial Methodist. And I knew him in high school when so, we were in a band dude, together. I like Daniel. So did you chop and, that up as a win for me? Is that three? Yeah, you redeemed yourself. So I can, I can bond no, 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 this no, no, next no, one. No, 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 no. I was taking a win from you, and you kept the win. You didn't get a third you hang out the third yet. Work. No, no, no. But no. you also said you were dating a guy. Is that probably so, yeah, you're, at all? You're still at two. You need one more. Um, okay. So I, when you were going over the, the headlines, yes. um, I wanted to make sure when you said IUD, I was thinking what I meant you were thinking. And that's um, a school district implanting contraceptives in, in girls without their parents knowing. And I don't know that there's a lot of discussion needed, but that's a major yeah, deal. That's a major, major that's, deal. That's, everybody, is there deal. something beyond okay. massive or major? Next, that's yeah. what that is. Yeah, and that's right. really happening in, in Seattle. Deal. That is really happening. You can get those kind of contraceptive services sixth grade and up without your parents' consent. So they, dumbfounded. The sixth grade girl can go. I want one of these. Exactly. No parent. No signature parent, needed. And the school clinic does it. Wow, she's got to stand before God one day. Oh man, whoever that nurse is, uh, or, or yeah, that's Jeez. that's just crazy. Right. Mm. Dumbfounded. Um, what was wow. the other headline? 
the other one was uh, the pastor in Portland who annihilates Christians who use religion to push bigotry. Ah, okay. That's yeah. a story on rawstory.com. If you actually go and read it, though, you will find we'll put that in the show notes. there is no annihilation of anything. He doesn't really <laughs> say anything impressive. Well, and a nice word who was it? Uh, yeah. Banana Man, I think. Um, Ray Comfort has a uh, – a life-changing video in which uh, I'm sure you're going to have to pay 19.95 for it. Uh, the trailer of it looks amazing because he completely makes um, homosexuals think something they've never thought of, and then doesn't give you any idea of what it is. So you go buy his video. So um, you know both sides are doing that right now of that particular issue. So how know. about that? Thank you, I, Banana Man. Um, I actually like Ray Comfort. All right. Well, I just like to call him Banana Man because of his. Was it Hitchens that he or Dawkins that he? Face off it it was one of the two. By the remember. way, there was a great old British cartoon called Banana Man that I used to watch when I was growing up. So that's who I think of when you say that. Oh, my bad. Okay. Shout uh, out very to way of the master. There you go. There you go. You guys. All right. So I understand we're about to have a bit of a fight. A oh, it's, Brooke, it, is time, it is time to throw down. I don't so have good guts. music for this. Yeah. Hold on. Let's see. Play the cessationist music. In a world. No, that's not going to work. Okay, there we go. Dude, I'm going to hug you like a Japanese chair. That's better? No. That's better. That's better. You like that? I like that. That's a good translation. Just in case, I'll have a good edit point here with this. Meanwhile, in the future, at the Hall of Dogma. So to define our terms, we're we'll let you. I love the way you take a crack at it first, David. But just to kind of set up terms or whatever, we're going to talk about a theology issue, and we don't really have a segment called theology today or anything like that. But we, from time to time, have theological talks. We have been accused before by people in the Hall of Dogma and on the Twitter feed of not being fair to cessationism. And quite frankly, John the Baptist was disappointed in our behavior in this, and he implored us uh, through the power of his pleading hands to have a cessationist on the show and have a really good discussion about it. (laughs) Enter the keeper. Here is the keeper with his take on cessationism. Very briefly, there are two major schools of thought in the church. I guess you could say three, but for purposes of the discussion today, we'll say two. There's the continuationist view, which says that the miraculous gifts uh, mentioned in the Bible, such as healing, tongues, prophecy, etc., have continued into the present. And there's the cessationist view, which you might guess from the name, that says those gifts for were for a certain period of time in church history, and they have stopped you or need ceased. That with so, David, without further ado, we go to you. Make your case. Convince us that cessationism is a theological reality. We are listening. All right. I'm ready to go. Uh, let me – and I think there's there will probably be some some rivers that come through, flow from the continuous and the cessationists. There's moderate to severe cessationists. And so I think you'll hear that we may agree a little more than we disagree. We may not. We, I may walk off this set right now. I don't know. Wow, that'll be You're not going to walk off because you'd have to well, knock one I've of got to go through you guys. Don't but, uh, hit your head on those cabinets because I've done that a few times before. It, hurts. it will cut your shirt and scar your back. Yeah, and if you don't believe it in healing, you just have point. to wait for you know. <laughs> no, I, I think oh you've got to know first, I'm coming from a 
being born and raised as a conservative Southern Baptist. And as you know, we're scared of the Holy Spirit. I've noticed that before. Um, and we're scared because of the the way in which it's falsely portrayed. Uh, Benny Hinnish, those kind of things. And so we swing the way of, all right, well, let's just stay away from that. That's scary. Let's watch out for that. And then thanks, Francis Chan, for coming up with a book that Baptists can associate with. The there for, you go. The Forgotten God. We can talk about the Holy Spirit again. But no, I grew up with... Thank with you, a, Francis. With a misunderstanding hey, of the Holy Platt Spirit, now too, by the way. Yeah, I do got Platt. Um, and my my biggest thing is my hero, Steve Anderson. He's a cessationist too. So, whoa, okay. whoa, if you're hold on, on that. Yeah, if, if you're, you're bringing Steve Anderson in the <laughs> argument, Nick, we've lost already. Yeah, we're done. We yeah. can't stand up to his wisdom. We can't stand up to the wall and oh, he can pee on us. <laughs> yeah. No, not What's your name? I'll write it for about, you. But if you Google it, you'll figure it out. But so growing up a Southern Baptist oh, and, and not really ha- having a great misunderstanding of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does. Uh, and I know I'm, I'm not one that says just because something's abused doesn't mean you throw it out. Uh, I'm not thinking that. Good. Um, but after – because of my experiences growing up and the church I was in and, and the studies that I've been doing, I think I land. I believe I land uh, as a cessationist, okay. meaning – I don't believe that the Holy Spirit distributes uh, the miraculous gifts to Christians and to the churches today as he did in the times of the apostles. I think that those gifts um, ceased being normative. Prophecy, healing, tongues, uh, those. Now, saying that, I definitely believe, definitely believe that the Holy Spirit still works uh, in, the li- in this world and in the lives of believers today. He convicts. He causes us to be born again. He causes us from being dead in our sin to being alive. He helps the believers recall and memorize and understand Scripture. Uh, I believe that he uh, still gifts and places men and women in, pl- in certain areas and circumstances for his purposes. So I, stu- I believe wholeheartedly the Holy Spirit still is at work and is working and doing things. I just believe that the miraculous gifts have ceased and are not like those that we see in the New Testament in Acts and, and with the apostles. Okay. Now, just just for clarity's sake, there were you you in pre-show prep. You ask us a few questions, um, and for for clarity's sake, a lot of our conversations in the past, we David and I have been friends for years, and so we've debated uh, kindly and sometimes not as kindly as we should have many topics. And a lot of times, what we hone in on are those gifts, the the First Corinthians twelve gifts. Today, before the show, you're talking about some other things. You may be more cessationist than you think you are, but for purposes of this conversation, we, are we really framing it mostly around those gifts? Or are yes, we kind of yes. talking about these? Okay. This is completely around those gifts. I still believe the gifts of teaching, encouragement, service. I still believe in all of that, okay. yes. But I think it's the main ones that we see where the validation of the church, the accrediting of the church getting going is where – I think it has ceased. Once it's been, once it got established and, and got going and developed, right. I think it's ceased. And, and, and without trying to say why, why? Yes. Well, let me take it three ways. And, okay. And, and they'll three, three. A well, well, two, argument two. Steve Anderson was one of them. Steve Anderson okay. was one of them. Okay. So I got to throw him out. So two ways, and it's kind of going to intertwine the biblical stance and and the practical stance. Okay. Kind of the, my own heart wrestling with this. Okay. Um, I don't think there's anything unbiblical or illogical in the idea that the Spirit of God can give gifts for particular periods of time and then withdraw them. 
I don't think we could say that. That's and if I said there, there's moments where the spirit of, where the spirit of God can give gifts at this per- particular time for a particular purpose and then withdraw them. I don't think we could see that as being unbiblical or illogical. And I think the two main questions that I've always asked is is kind of the normative uh, nature of the gifts, and then what's the purpose of the gifts. And I think if we had to start kind of with the normative nature. The miracle, the miraculous gifts that we see in the Bible are are kind of far between, few and far between, and they're never widespread. Um, you know, they come in seasons, and when they come, they come to validate and accredit the prophet that he is of God and to show the power of God. Right, let me let me, uh, let me ask you for a citation there. Okay. Like the, I, I know that that's a typical. Uh, I tell you what, you keep going. Yeah, let me I'll go all the back, way. I'll come back yeah. to that. Yeah, keep going. Thank you. And I think <laughs> this is going to be so fun. This, this will be fun. Thank you. And I think you see, if you really look at the totality of Scripture, there's really three main seasons or stages that you see these miraculous gifts take place. Okay. Moses and Joshua. Okay. Where you can read in Exodus 4, 5, Exodus 10, 2, God comes and says, here's the signs that I'll give you that you will perform to show that. I'm behind this, and that's me paraphrasing, to show that you are my messenger and that this is – that I'm behind this work. Right. Um, and so you see him doing these miraculous signs to validate that he is the messenger from God to bring about this message to free his people from the land. And so you've got – and you see Moses and Aaron and Joshua doing these miracles, but you don't see the rest of the nation of Israel doing these miracles. The whole nation isn't given the gift to do these miracles. It's just Moses. It's just Joshua. It's just Aaron. The other stage, you see Elijah and Elisha. You see them raising the dead. You see them bringing down the fire from heaven. Again, you, you see that happening to validate that they are the prophets of God. They, they show the, the power of God. And then the third is you see Jesus and the apostles. You see Jesus validate that he is the son of God. You see the apostles um, validating that they are um, the apostles that – the church fathers that bring about the foundation of the church, uh, and so you there's there's miracles here and there. There's things that happen, Samson. But when you look at the way that those miracles happen, uh, it's different than these other ones. And so then you've got to ask the question of why the absence of there's years, hundreds of years of absence of any miracle signs, miraculous signs. Nothing happens. Hundreds and hundreds of years. Where, what's going on in that absence? What's happening? Um, another thing also is in the building of the tabernacle, you see God come and say, I'm going to give the spirit of to these men. I'm going to put my spirit within them so that they'll be skilled in the work with wood and working with gold and working with these fabrics um, to build the tabernacle. Now, does that gift that he give them, the spirit of that skill to do those things, does that last forever? We don't know that. Was it just to build the tabernacle and then they – left or were they able to build their houses out of gold and fine fabric and things like that so is the, is the normative nature of this the gifts uh, is it spontaneous does it last forever is it eternal i don't think biblically that you could really break that down it shows that it's seasonal um that that the holy spirit can come and bring about his purposes through these giftings at a pr- particular time for a particular purpose the other question is, what's the purpose of the gifts? And I think clearly Paul lays out it's for the unity of the church, the edification of the church, the building up, the validation of the church, the crediting of the church, unity, love, equipping, edifying the church, not self. And growing up, 
uh, a lot of times in this charismatic movements and the Pentecostal stuff, it seems to be on self and not the building up of the church. And so what's the purpose of the church, you know? Uh, well, what's the purpose of the gifts? Sorry. What's the purpose of the gifts? Is it, It's the unifying a body. Paul breaks down. You've you got arms. You've got legs. You've got this. You've got that. But it's about the body working together. What brings about the edification of the church? And so if we were to break down kind of the, the, the main three, prophecy, prophecy being one of them. I think Hebrews 1, 1 through 2. Uh, long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these days, he has spoken to us by his son, right? So there's a change in how God speaks to his people. He speaks through his son, through Jesus. Well, what, Jesus sends the Spirit. The Spirit, we have the scriptures now. And so I believe that God does speak to his people, but he speaks solely through his scripture. Okay. The scripture, the, as preachers, the text is king. <laughs> we, we stay tethered to the word. The word is where... We get everything. So we test everything. We let's be Bereans and test everything well, but, by the word. Yeah, right? I'm. I'm about to pull a chase. So I'm going to let you finish. Sorry. No, but yeah, I think God speaks solely through His word. But yet, you can get with a community of believers and and experience helps bring in new ideas and new thoughts on things. But I think God speaks now solely through His word. And so I don't think prophecy is here anymore. There's no one. There's no new revelation. There's nothing that you can add to Scripture. The canon is complete. It's done. There's nothing well, to add. In talking from an experiential context, the the prophecy that the prophecy that I have seen uh, taught. I don't like the word promoted, but I, I'll use taught more um, in my Pentecostal or charismatic upbringing was not uh, broad scope prophetic. To, to replace or supplement the word, but it was more I, – at this level, at this point in my life, I would actually call it uh, intense discernment <laughs> more than, than prophecy. It's in no way um, yeah. to stand in line with Old Testament prophets that would replace uh, Scripture. It would be more something for this, this local fellowship to watch out for. Um, well, yeah, but that, to me, that wouldn't fall under prophecy. That would just fall under – Wisdom or discernment, but you but my, my but, take kind but of you, is, but you take discernment away as an option. No, well, you do. In what way? Because that's the gift of the spirit, just like prophecy, right? But I'm not saying that that's gone. I'm not so saying how all you, gifts. But, are and gone. I guess that's my point. How do you take some of them away and not all of them? So that's what I'm I saying. Think you can I'm see that you throughout finish. scripture. But well, that's why I'm going to let you. But finish. here's an experience of mine too, and I, and I think that's where we we make sure we're tied to the scripture, but yet. At the same time, I think with all of us, emotion comes in, experience comes in. I had a lady at work. Uh, I was at the printer one day, and she, she turned to me, and she said, you know what? While you were at the printer, I had a vision that you were one day going to work with troubled youth. And I went, okay, I, I actually want to be in the ministry. I hope this comes true. Yes, thank you. Seven years later, that has not come true. Now, not saying that it might not in the future. I don't know yet. You know, the... The pudding's oh, in the eating. Interesting. The pudding is in the eating. We'll find out when, when it happens. But I, I, I just I'm. Did you work with the youth ministry? That was before. This was before. Oh, this okay. was before that. Right. Yeah, this was before. I, but they weren't troubled. Face. But they weren't troubled. They were churched. I don't know. Southern based Baptist, based on the way you talk about the church, they yeah, may have been. That is true. Um, that is true. I have one like that that's pretty funny, and, I, and I'll, yeah. I'll tell my story later. But go yeah, ahead. and and again, my prophecy is, oh, you know, I've got a new vision. God spoke to me, and this is what's going to happen. Sure. The word, the Ameri Christ will come back in America in 2017. That kind of prophecy I, is kind I of understand. where I'm moving. I'm not as See, dogmatic to me, that's, the other. to me, that's one of the ones where I think it's Thessalonians talks about test each of these prophecies, um, testing them. Yes. And the yeah. Bible clearly says 
that you're not going to know. Yeah. And, and so, I, I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm not as dogmatic on that. I just don't, I think the canon is closed. I think the scripture is sufficient. I don't think it, there's anything else that we need to add to this. And so but I don't not, think there's okay. no new yeah. revelation. Okay, if someone fine. says, I heard a word, I had a word from God, then I'm going to start questioning. I'm going to start worrying uh, and, and testing it. Uh, as far as healing, uh, if we move to healing, am I on the cube? I'm no. not on the cube. Oh, no, the cube, the cube's Good. not put away. It's, it's back in its box. Uh, when you look at New Testament, there's a sharp decline uh, as the church develops on, on healing. You've got in Acts, you've got Peter and Paul, and they're just wanting to get in the shadow of Peter to be healed. They're wanting to touch the, the rag of Paul to be healed. They're wanting the, – the, the healings are happening often, spontaneous. I mean, they're happening, but as you look at the – as the New Testament moves on and you see Paul begin to write the pastoral epistles to Timothy and to Titus, you don't see that happening as much. You see him go, you know what, you're kind of sick a little bit. Why don't you have some wine? Stop drinking water. Have some wine. Why not go, hey, why don't you seek out that guy who has the gift of healing to come heal you from that illness? Or you've got James, the end of James. That's uh, No, no, I'm, no. I'm going to throw a flag on that one. You're going to have to wait because you say that all throughout. You, Paul with the thorn in his flesh. Now, what is that? We, we don't know. But what does he say? And here's the big point. Here's the, my strength is made known in your weakness. Sure. There's, there's a point where bodily weakness and suffering and trials, God shows us his strength. But that and doesn't so if we just, eliminate. We just heal it. Just heal it. Just heal it. Just fix it. Just fix it. Well, then you don't but get Paul to see understands the truth. Of, in, the art, in that articulation, Paul understands that Jesus didn't do miracles in some areas, first of all. And Paul Correct. understands that the Lord put that them there – we don't know if it's to keep him humble, to keep him out of trouble. We don't know for sure. But but Paul understands that the Lord put that in him. Timothy's issue was uh, stress, not necessarily a stomach condition. And so you're – James, hey, is any one of you sick? Gather, Let the elders gather around you and pray. Why not, yes. hey, why don't you get – which all that Aphrodite who has the gift of healing to heal you. Okay, but that's that's see there that's where we're gonna that's where we're gonna break off because that's where you've already kind of stated and in the and one of the things that kind of brought this article to bear was um, a, a video I watched on YouTube this week of a a healer um, right. doing a healing yeah. uh, crusade across from a uh, more conservative. Um, a more traditional church, and that pastor kind of confronted the healer. Um, and so that's, that is a long way from, hey, you believers that, man, you can't work to support your family because of, you know, you've got a bad back. Come to the elders, let them anoint you with oil, and pray for you, believing because God's your only source of way to provide provision through this healing. There's a, there's a long way from that. That's, I think that's, we can that's find a, that a little bit more, but I think I think an issue too, and here, this goes to the practical, less biblical, more practical to me. If the gifts of healing are are still here, and there are people who are gifted with healing, why are they not hanging out in the children's hospital? Why are they not in the burn ward and well, the cancer again, ward? Why do they just yeah. hold these tent revivals where you got to come to them? Why do they not go out again, to the ones that are sick and in time need? Out. Time out though. That's where you've got to you've got to separate what the how the Bible shows. You said it already. You in the in the scripture you quoted. If you have a need, you come to the elders of your congregation and sure. let them pray for you. That is in stark contrast to a faith healer to, that you want to go hang out with Children's Hospital. No, I mean we're 
I don't see the. I believe that the so, God so heals the four now. elders of agape should should walk around to children's hospital if they've got the gift of healing. Why no, not? You're not talking, but that's. It's, that, I'm not talking about one person with the gift of healing. I'm talking about the gift able to be active. So you're saying that the prayers of the elder activate God's a- action in healing? No, I'm saying so the Bible says. Until y'all prayed, says, I wasn't going to heal. I'm saying the Bible says if I have an ailment, right? that I want to seek his healing on, he has given me an avenue by which to seek that healing. But that still doesn't guarantee it. I agree. Okay. I agree. Right. And I still, the, I still believe God the, heals. So I, God the is problem? the ultimate healer. I don't – I'm – and that's where there's a discourse here, disconnect where I'm – we're talking probably differences here. God is the only – if anyone's healed, it's because God has healed you. I don't think someone's going to walk up to me, put their hand on my leg and go, you're broken – leg is now healed and I get up and walk and I have no issues. That's what I'm talking about. I don't so I don't, don't think there's anybody that has the power of God where they can lay a hand on right now and it be healed instantly. I think that is it. Now God heals and I pray for healing and I prayed for my son to be healed and I think God healed him. But I think God heals in his own way. Okay. Uh, indirectly, I don't think there's a direct I've got this mystical power running through me the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna hit you and you're not gonna have Spinal stenosis anymore? No, I, I, I don't believe we, in that. We will disagree on that. But um, go ahead and finish after they 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 tongues they let's, start let's, to dissipate. Yeah, let's, yeah. They, you don't want to go there. They're just not talked about as as frequently as they are early well, look, on that's in the, the church. Problem. Age. There's there's some, once it's been jo- developed, there's some it, it that are, there's some that are easy to make, be made spectacles of. And just like we've talked about other people that'll have to stand and answer to God for those people who make a spectacle of the gifts will have to. We'll have to answer to God for that, but that, but people making a spectacle of them doesn't negate negate them. What what I'm asking for is, you were saying that um, the New Testament shows ways and where they where they cease, yeah. and that's where I'm. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, yeah. it looks like on Periscope you're about to slap me. So oh, maybe, I'm, look, I'm is, willing to, is, but I'm not. I have no desire to slap. Mug. Nick was like, oh, I haven't said anything. No, you're good. I appreciate yeah, that. He, he really is. Well, here's the thing. I had I didn't realize Chase was going to start the segment, so I really was asking a lot question. Of I'm, I'm about to. Oh yeah, bomb, it's going to be so fun for good. you. No, it will be. But I'll be in ready. fairness, I'm going to push back on Chase too. So don't. tongues. Let's move on with tongues. I think it's clear that tongues are different languages. Um, when when it when you see an act, don't want to do that. When Luke Luke writing Acts writes it after. First and Second Corinthians have been written. So Luke. Whoa, whoa, whoa! How do you know that? Yeah, I looked it up. Ah, uh, there's a lot of debate on that. Is there? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, let's just say for argument's sake, I can sake, take some time off. I believe for argument's I, sake, I'll, I'll go with it. I'll, I'll go with from that. from all the resources I've looked at. They believe, and then there should be there could be some argument. Yeah, but either way, Luke, being a good studier, studies well and sees if he were to interpret it right, he would interpret. And you're saying Luke was written after Acts? No, Acts was written after First and Second Corinthians. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, Acts was written after First and Second Corinthians, but it's recording an incident that happened before First and Second Corinthians. Possibly correct. That's probably possible. Well, you're talking about tongues in Acts yeah, chapter two. So. You know, yeah. Why are they speaking? How are they speaking in our language? How do they? Okay. They don't know our language. How are they speaking in it? And so, uh, tongues, I believe, to be. Different language. If I were to go travel to Africa and I started speaking, all of a sudden I'm speaking Swahili, but yet I've never learned Swahili. Then why does Paul give boundaries for tongues and interpretation and how they should occur? What do you mean? Go huh? ahead. Go ahead. Huh? Elaborate on that. Uh, there's teaching by Paul. Yeah, so there's, there's no confusion. There's an understanding of how this is done, right? 
uh, a gift, a, a message in tongues happens. Someone is there to interpret, and if that happens more than three times, the person is to. I don't think that takes sound. away from tongues being different language, though. I don't think that means erratic I'm not utterances. I, I think tongues was. The but why do you need speak, an interpret? Why do you need an interpretation to t- to say the language that it's in? I you're mean, okay, but you're, but you're cutting your legs out of your own argument if you say that tongues something where I can speak in English and they hear in Swahili and they hear in German. Right. That doesn't need an interpretation because the spirit's doing the interpreting. Well, I mean, back then, why do charismatic missionaries still need to go to language school? They still go to learn the language of the people. Why? Well, okay. Anyway. That's interesting. I, I just think you'd be bold to, to, pl- to prove exegesis. Super dad, that would be Testament. planning chase, by the way. That what passes for tongues in the apostles' time is the same thing that's, that's happening now. I think there's a difference there. I think tongues doesn't exist, but yet the principle still does. Just like we don't. But the again, idea where do you see that stopping biblically? Where do you see it continuing biblically? No. The idea of there eating is, okay. food uh, sacrificed to idols is not a live issue for us right now. That's not. But the principles that it holds still is. So even though I don't believe that tongues exist in that form, I think the biblical principle there is still very applicable in getting to your point. Where in the New Testament do you see them ceasing? And I'm going to hit back and say, where do you see them continuing? Where Jesus says, I will send the comforter to you. The comforter came and with him accompanied this set of gifts. With the apostles who set forth the foundation of the church. Again, that's talking about the, the miracles being clear. given in a specific when the time for came, specific purpose. To validate and to you, credit the church, the, the foundation of the apostles and when and it prophets. fell, it fell on a group of people that were beyond the 12 he promised the comforter to or the, the group that was there. The Spirit fell on a, on a larger group than that he promised them right. to. And Paul basically said, it fell on them. Paul wasn't with that group, remember, and he's the one doing the teaching on it. And he was we teaching to people. The again, validating, the you, crediting of the church. I've let you talk for like 25 minutes. Are you going to let me finish my yeah, statement? Okay, perfect. Um, I can mute you. you don't, it's getting hot. You don't, oh, this you're is supposed to be the moderator anyway. It's supposed to be me versus Chase. Um, well, Chase hadn't talked. Um, he's typing up a hard. storm up here. Whatever. Since, since when have you had a hard time I'm interrupting people? So you've got the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I'll send the Comforter. The Comforter is the Holy Spirit. These gifts, these actions accompany the Holy Spirit. That falls on a group larger than what Jesus initially promised the Comforter to. You've got Paul, who was not with that group it initially fell on, who was able to operate in those gifts. And he does teaching to other people about how you should use and operate in those gifts a generation past him. And it's t- this is teaching that he intends for those people to take this teaching, go learn it, grow in it, and you teach it to another group. You don't see anything about that ending until Jesus comes back and fulfills all of this thing at the end of days. But yet in all his pastoral epistles, he doesn't talk about it once. Timothy, Titus, any of those. Well, he doesn't bring only, that up. There's only Timothy and Titus. Well, Second Timothy. Yeah. Philemon. He teaches – okay. Eh, is that a pastoral epistle? Maybe. It's an encouraging epistle. Yeah. I, you just there's, there's a lot of context that both of us can draw from one of these things, and to make sweeping generalizations about it, any of them could be, could be tricky. But the, the trick is that Timothy could very well be sitting next to Paul when he's writing some of the instructions. And, could be. And Timothy's taking it. He doesn't have to articulate. It's like if Chase is, t- is writing a message 
to a lot of folks, he's not going to sit there and go, now, Nick, you, you understand this. As he's writing, he's going to know I understand what he means because I sat under his ministry. I've been mentored by him. I've, I've worked side by side with him. He's given me tasks to go to go do instead of him and, and trusted. And so when we when we part ways and I'm at a God, or excuse me, Hall of Dogma Church 3.0 <laughs> down the road later, mm. you know, serving as communications director there, Chase isn't going to have to correct me or, or rearticulate something that I just understand is fact. I think that, okay. And that's reading into it a little bit, I think. But what? Oh, yes, I because think every no context you're reading into I think here. every Christian has to accept in practice that some parts of the Bible have been superseded. Right? In well, practice, yeah, I mean, I, everyone's got to say that there's parts. I think everybody at the table would agree that most of the Old Testament is superseded by the New Testament. Yeah. And, and and then you too you've got to ask what's the standard of speaking in tongues because that's not just a Christian religion there are many religions that speak in tongues and what's the standard for that and that I'll leave on Chase but I think I think too bringing it to the practical and I think we've had this conversation on the way to uh, Bryant Denny is if we're in a room full of English speaking people Paul. what's the need for tongues when if you have a word from the Lord or you have something on your heart why not just speak it in English what's the need for a tongue there when we all speak the same language. Well, yeah, again, there's there's teaching there from Paul that that would nuance that. But I think I mean we're not just I'm not just nailing down First Corinthians 12 and all that. But you, looking at the totality of Scripture again, the the idea that the Holy Spirit can place gifts in a particular time for a particular purpose and then withdraw it. You, you never but, but, see where it's it stays. Moses back to the stages. It, it comes and then it goes. It comes and then it goes. And there's seasons where there's nothing. I believe that the miraculous gifts were a time where Christ comes. He validates his claim that he is the Son of God. The apostles uh, accredited that they are the apostles, that they start the church age. They lay the foundation of the church um, when they're hit against a lot of – Yeah, I mean, that's brand new. It, 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 again, Imagine f- being in the society where there is no church and you have to lay the foundation for the church age. That's a tough thing to do. Now we're developed. We're but good. Fact, it's not needed. And again, the fact that – Going back to your pastoral epistle dialogue, the fact that Paul is writing this to parishioners. He's not writing this to his elder team. But he knows who's going to read it to who. Okay. Well, he's writing it to Timothy and Titus specifically. But, right. I mean, by extension to us. Well, I'm talking well. about the, to the, the letters to the church at Corinth when he's talking oh, I'm, about – I'm just specifically talking about First, uh, Second Timothy and Titus, which yeah. traditionally are what we call the pastoral epistles. Yeah. yeah. All of them are pastoral to a degree. Yeah. Well, let me say this. Let okay. me say this and be done, and, and leave it to you. I'm guys. also not the seminary guy, so I'm not as smart as David. So. This is my that was this is my five minute argument against it. Okay, and I, I think I think it's a good discussion. I think it's a good thing to have. I'm I'm not dogmatic about this, but I do believe that I am a cessationist. Okay, I do believe that the Holy Spirit still works. Um, I believe that miraculous things still happen every day, regeneration being the big one, that he takes the dead. Cessationists do not uh, doubt the validity of miracles, or at least no. most of them do. Not. Right. No, they are happening, and they happen, and I, and I believe in them. Um, the biggest one being regeneration. That yes. The Holy Spirit works in the hearts of dead sinners and makes them alive in Christ. They happen. God can do miracles. God can save my son um, in the ER from a horrible medical procedure. I mean, it's yes. things can happen. I completely am with that. I believe, though, that the, the miraculous gifts that we see in the age of the apostles and the times of the apostles have ceased. 
Um, and for argument's sake, let, let's just narrow it to, let's say, prophecy, healing, and tongues are yes, the main ones yes, you're talking yes, about. Yes, I agree. All right. Well, that's fascinating. I'd, I'd like to say this. We'll, we'll kind of, I'll, I'll, if you'll allow me, give a, a kind of a counter argument scripturally. But I would like to point out that this is uh, probably the most viewers we've ever had on Periscope at the moment. So I want to say hello to everybody watching on Periscope. You're What's watching Periscope? the Gospel Friends show. We uh, are a podcast. Cessationism that, with the keeper, Tim Howard. That's right. We got <laughs> Tim key? Howard here arguing for cessationism, and, and we're about to kind of discuss that back. But I would say if, if you like what you're hearing, if you like what you're watching, thank you so much for watching. Swipe right, share it with people, let thank other you. people know. That would be awesome. And you can subscribe to our show, which this is episode 58 through iTunes or your podcatcher or whatever. Uh, just search for Gospel Friends. We have a Facebook group that you're more than welcome to join. You can find it at hallofdogma.com. That'll take you right there. So um, I just want to do that little thing. When did little he thing get on bit. my keyboard? Uh, I, he just was listening intently to your uh, to what you had to say. That's insane how that happened. I looked up and there he now, was. Now, I can't remember. Does he face the person he agrees with or does he face the person uh, he's concerned usually about? Usually he faces the person he's concerned about. I tried to set him back up on the sugar box, but oh, there we go. Okay, he's standing now. Okay, so he's, he's looking, looking at both of us. He yeah. went right on my – apparently I, we, I was being too mean. I'm sorry. Okay, so you, David. David brought Please up a lot, a lot of issues, and, and I'll, I'll try to uh, I'll try to bring some counterpoints there. I don't know that I'll be able to cover all of them, but uh, okay. One of the, one of the one of the arguments you mentioned is what's called the cluster argument. Uh, it is essentially saying that. And, and by the way, I, I'm going to endeavor to kind of answer what you said without using experience at all. In other words, uh, I might have a testimony of a time where. My wife had a, a migraine headache. Somebody prayed for her. It got better or, or something like that. But th- that's experience. Experience is notoriously difficult to to prove or, or what have you. So I want to try to give a cont- continuationist argument that majors on scripture and minors on church history. Uh, very, very little minor. So you, you talked about the cluster argument that the primary miracles and supernatural events happen in three clusters in the Bible, the ministry of Jesus and the apostles, the ministry of Elijah and Elisha, and uh, the time of, of Moses and Joshua. And you said that primarily the gifts uh, are are to attest to the people of God, the, the messengers of God. Well, I, w- I would say there's, there, there's definitely – you can definitely see some, um, some level of – of of clustering in the scripture, but I would point out things like uh, Daniel, mm-hmm. which is uh, Daniel was one of the the last prophets. There is uh, his book is loaded with supernatural things. I, I would point out Jeremiah. Jeremiah was uh, uh, just before Daniel, and Jeremiah thirty two twenty says this. Uh, Jeremiah speaking of God, he says, "You have shown signs and wonders in the land of Egypt." This is during the time of of Moses and Joshua. And to this day in Israel and among all mankind and have made a name for yourself as at this day. And in my mind, I think what Jeremiah is saying is that the miracle, you know, those kind of miracles that happened in, in, in the time of Elijah and Elisha also happened in Jeremiah's day, also happened in Daniel's day. Um, But, it's a it's a bit of an argument from silence to say they only happened in certain times. Well, I mean, it, it may be that uh, certain kings and situations, a 
places in Chronicles didn't record the gifts, but it's it's perhaps difficult to say they they didn't happen then. Uh, you mentioned that uh, the miracles are are primarily to attest to the word, um, and, and I, I think that is one of the one of the major portions of that. Uh, one, one of the major foci of the gifts is to attest to the word. But then you th- you see things like uh, Numbers eleven twenty five, which uh, talks about uh, the Lord came down in the cloud, spoke to Moses, and some of the spirit that was on him, and took some of the spirit was on, that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. And as soon as the spirit rested on them, they prophesied. Well, I don't see any attestation to a message happening there. And even uh, Numbers eleven twenty six that happened almost concurrently uh, with that, Eldad and Medad, who were left behind in the camp, uh, were prophesying with the Holy Spirit on them. Um, that's miraculous. That's prophecy. It is definitely during the time of uh, – it's during the time of, of Moses, but um, uh, it, it's not attesting to any particular message. Similarly, Samuel – Samuel, there, there was a company of prophets that, that prophesied during the day of Samuel, and that was well before Elijah and Elisha, uh, as well, attesting to, to the message. Um, you, you know, you also have, you, you have people like uh, Philip um, and Stephen. Let's see. Uh, Acts 6, 8, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. But we don't have a book of Stephen. Um, was God attesting to Stephen's message? Maybe so, but I don't, I don't see why we don't need to have a need for that to continue today. And, and so I think the cluster argument, maybe there's something to it, but I don't think it proves the gifts have ceased. And I realize I've been talking for a long time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the ball back to you with this. Um, in my mind, I have a great amount of respect for uh, cessationists and, and people who hold to cessationism because a lot of times people who hold to cessationism are people of the word, people of the book, people of the truth, and I'm I'm hugely in favor of that. Praise God for faithful men of the word. And David, I think you're a, a faithful man of the word. I, I would say this is a critique. Cessationism is a theological school of thought that circumvents at least two, maybe other, direct commands of Scripture. And I have a problem with that when that happens. For instance, 1 Corinthians 14.1, where Paul says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. I have to be shown somehow, some way, in a really clear way, that prophecy, that, that it is ungodly to prophesy or to seek to prophesy and it's hard to do when I have a scriptural command that says, Paul says, earnestly desire, earnestly pursue prophecy. And then I'm thinking about tongues, I see in 1 Corinthians 14, 39, uh, that repeat, repeated. So my brothers, earnestly desire to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. So back to David's question then, if if the if the canon is closed, I think is the – is the sentence you used. If the canon is closed, um, what place does prophecy have for us us now? If there's nothing to be added to the word anymore until Jesus comes back, 
what is to be added by prophecy? It's a fantastic question. A, a charismatic who places a prophetic word in any way, shape, or form above the authority of Scripture for their day-to-day life is foolish, at least foolish, maybe worse than that. Because, as you mentioned earlier, First Thessalonians 5, we're to test every prophecy. Paul never says test every scripture or test every scriptural teaching. A prophetic word is underneath the authority of scripture. The word of God is always paramount and tantamount in the life of a believer. You know, one of the ways you can know a false prophetic word is if it does not line up with scripture, if it disagrees with scripture in any way, that is not of God. God doesn't speak out of both sides of his mouth. But what what benefit is of prophecy? Well, the same benefit it was in those days when Philip's daughters prophesied, when Agabus prophesied. It is a way. It is it is for exhortation. It is for comfort. It is for upbuilding. It is a great gift that is to be sought. It's just not scriptural level. So it, it's not when we say, and that's where there's some nuance to the language. There's some nuance to the communication. It's what I it's what I did a horrible job, and I, I apologize both to David and the listeners in this regard, is when I was trying to describe the nuance of tongues, I did a bad job of it. I think Chase did a much more eloquent and good job of, of talking about the nuance of prophecy. So what you're saying is this is, is, this is on line of more of an edification, um, an exhortation, than it is a broad-sweeping um, command from on high, such as came from the prophets of Old Testament. Chase. I think there is... This is slightly diff- more difficult to prove, but I would go along with Wayne Grudem uh, here, who I think is – I don't know if you've read his New Testament okay. book on prophecy. I think it's excellent. Uh, I think Old Testament prophecy, if, uh, if, if an Old Testament prophet was wrong, he was stoned. If a New Testament prophet is wrong – he, he gets more followers on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Uh, he has to shut up. He, he's not stoned, and, and I think there's an that's indicative of a different level of authority that's found in a New Testament prophet versus an Old Testament prophet. People that listen to Jeremiah or Ezekiel or Isaiah or Micah or Malachi or Habakkuk or whatever were never told to test everything they said and hold fast to the good. Hmm. They because those guys were speaking. A prophecy of a different caliber is – I mean, again, I realize it's a little bit of a dodgy issue, but New Testament prophecy is weighed. It is under scripture. Old Testament prophecy was not. That was I, – I don't know. I, I hesitate to use the strong word stronger, but it seems like Sir, that's the word. Purpose. More authoritative at least. Yeah. Gotcha. Chase has continued to look things up. I'm sorry. Well, I've talked for a long time, so I figured. Oh, not nearly no, as I, long as David. And I, I talked longer. Go, go ahead, keep going. You're good to go. Uh, okay, so so yeah. another uh, another argument you used. The floor is, is yours. Is, is a pretty good one as well. It is, look, we're at only like an hour and thirty seven. You've got another hour to talk. Oh, we got we got all night, right? Yeah, it's like just not going. even midnight, is it? Um, another one of the arguments you used was the argument of miracles, healing, etc., decreasing uh, towards the end of the scriptural writings. You know, th- there's some truth to that. It is true that, that Timothy and Titus don't, which are some of the later 
uh, articles don't seem to make much mention of healing and miracles. You, you did you you did mention James. You know, there's some debate about whether James is a, is a later book or not. Uh, but I will say this: you look at James five fifteen, the verse you referenced. Um, uh, well, starting 14, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. Well, that sounds a little healing-ish there, but l- let's keep going. If he's committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working, says the ESV. Then the example given there is in, strikes me, which is Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. Miracle. And for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. Well, look, I, call me crazy. I think we're being told to pray like Elijah there. That doesn't mean we're going to do the same things as Elijah, but... Th- James and the anointed word of God gives us that example of Elijah. And Elijah, God used him supernaturally. The last thing I'll say, and I really do need to shut up and let, let you guys talk some. Um, you look at the book of I, Acts. I don't talk anymore. Uh, you look at the book of Acts, and, and you said you know that miracles kind of decrease. Well, you get to Acts 28, and I see... I see two huge miracles. Well, well, well even, even back in Acts 20, right before Paul is uh, arrested and spirited off to Jerusalem, you find him preaching uh, in, uh, I think he's in Macedonia. Um, this is right before he speaks to the, the Ephesian elders. A young man named Eutychus falls out of a window and dies. Paul raises him from the dead. That's towards the end of... Of, of Acts, that's towards the end of Paul's ministry. Then you have Paul, but he was an apostle. He was, he an, was an, apostle. an apostle, but it's not. <laughs> it doesn't just demonstrate decreasing. Right. Uh, Acts twenty-eight, the very last chapter of Acts, you find Paul on the Isle of Malta. Um, he gets bit by a snake. He shakes it off, no problem. He's just a beast. Uh, something, you know. I don't know that I would. Ascribe that to Paul. Then you find this thing, one of the very last things in Acts. Um, Kindly dismissive of you calling Paul a beast right there. Acts 28.7. Now in the neighborhood of that place were lands belonging to the chief man of the island named Publius, who received us and entertained us hospitably hospitably for three days it happened that the father of publius laid sick with fever and dysentery and paul visited him and prayed and putting his hands on him healed him and when this had taken place the rest of the people on the island who had diseases also came and were cured they honored us greatly and when they were about to sail they put on on board whoever whatever we needed well it's a huge mass healing at the end of acts so i struggled to see in light of in the last days, says the Spirit, your sons and daughters will prophesy. I struggle to see a downward plunge of the gifts, at least in the New Testament. What go say ahead. you keep? No, go ahead. We've we've had the floor a little bit. You inter- interjected a little bit. Oh but. no, I've I've bantered with you very much enough. I cessate, Chase. Cessate. No, that's good. That's good. I think I think too the the main point that I. I've wrestled with that I don't have an answer from, I guess, is the the statement that I made about the 
it not being unbiblical for the whole, for the spirit of God to use gifts in particular periods of time for particular purposes and then withdraw them. Yes, but who's to say? I, I by the way, I agree with that. I think that's happened. I think the church probably has gone through. I'll just, I'm just making this up, but you call them Nazareth periods, uh, where where the church, by and large, and the the whole church in the whole world, or at least in geographical areas have been little faith and therefore just like when Jesus went to Nazareth he did few miracles i i could buy that there was periods of 10 50 7500 years one year six months i you know i don't i can't put a name on it i could buy there are periods in church history and in scriptural history where there were few miracles or zero miracles what i can't buy is that that is a permanent state I think there could have been cessationist periods. I just don't know that that's a permanent state. It wouldn't surprise me if America is now or is becoming a cessationist nation because we are Nazareth. We have uh, we're like the Ephesians church. We we have everything. We have running water, money, etc. We have doctors. So what need do we have of faith? See, but, I think you'll see it flip. And here's here's the thing. So this is a little bit experiential. So it, it's it's it's. I hope it doesn't disqualify. We we actually had this conversation at a Bible study I was at on Friday night about why don't we see healing in America, and you know the idea is that because we don't need it. Um, and I and I think I told the story in the podcast. One of the versions of the podcast we've on. There was a time we were having a meeting here uh, at the Fellowship Hall, the Hall of Dogma Church, and. I got a call from Lee. Seth couldn't breathe. Um, he he struggled with with respiratory issues when he was um, younger, and I was sitting in a meeting with the four elders of my church and left to that. take him to a hospital. And I have regretted that decision every day since because I do believe that I could have brought him here, them anointed him with oil, and I do believe he could have been healed. Do I believe he absolutely would have been? And would I have looked at them? Why didn't you heal my boy? No. Because the Lord is the one who grants the healing. And I think I think when I you begin to look at a man and go, Preacher, you heal me, that's when you, you misunderstand. That's that's when you're looking for something that the Bible doesn't present in, in the gift of, of healing. You you even see sometimes when those miracles happen with the apostles, inadvertent power, um, they immediately not me, him. And and so I think when people start looking at a man for their healing instead of that man going, be healed so that this, um, I, I think that becomes problematic. But you still hear hear stories of healings in other places where there is not medical care at, at the block where I can go get ibuprofen for a migraine. Um, my wife was raised in, in a cult, and there's there's no nice way to call it. She was raised in a cult, and they were kept from medical care. And so you saw a lot of miracles happen. My, my mother-in-law was bitten by a brown recluse and should have died, or bet lo, bet, best lost a limb. And she no no repercussions from that because they they believed in faith and they had no other reliance. It was Lord heal me or I'll lose a leg, and she was healed. Now she didn't attribute that to a man. She didn't attribute that to her family. She attributed that to God, and God got the glory from that. And that's such a different thing than you see. One in the majority of American church where you can walk over to the other pew to your doctor and get a new prescription right. for your problem. Common grace. Than yeah. you see in 
in their situation are, are far over. But two, you also – it's not a sideshow act. It's its not a circus routine of, hey, let me build a bigger stage next time for my, my carnival that comes through your town. Yeah. And that's where if you just look at those examples, I could be i could be a cessationist in a heartbeat. But there's other, there's other perspectives to see it through, and I guess that's – Well, there's the question too of the healing of who – how does one person get healed and one person doesn't? Is it by the faith? Because I know a lot of faithful, faithful godly men and women who, who see, were not healed. But see, that goes back to my mind of I've seen people ask for healing before their doctor's appointment on Monday morning. And so I, I do sometimes wonder how much faith we – how much dependence we have on God for that healing right then. But you also clearly see – in the in the New Testament times where things didn't happen the way people wanted them to. Yeah. And we don't get answers for that in the New Testament either. Well, in the stories, too, of Christ healing, your faith has made you well. And then you've got others where he heals when there is no faith. Yes. And, and so you, also, you also see points where Christ even didn't do miracles to, because of people's lack of faith. Right. And, and right. so I guess my, my statement there is that lack of healing in those instances doesn't negate that the healing is still occurring. Well, speak, speaking point. of that, you actually you asked a very good question, and, and I think it's Don't one. Don't encourage him. I like no, it. It's, it's, it's good. It, it was a good question. I think it's one that <laughs> that's a good edit point. A, a lot of uh, oh no, that makes the highlight real. <laughs> high level charismatics and Pentecostals um, should wrestle with a little bit more, and that is if the gift of healing is still here today, why not go clean out hospitals? Why why not go to children's mm. hospital? I think it's a great question. I, I, I will say this. I, I, I hate it every time you ask that, by the way. Why? It's not the first time you've dropped that question. No, no. It's, and it's, I don't have a good answer. It's, an it's a cessationist bomb, baby. It, it, it's an excellent question. I think it assumes in a fallen world that if God – God, all right, let, let's, let's put it to you this way. You do believe in the gift of healing during the first century, during the time of Jesus, correct? Yes, okay. yes, yes, and amen. So let, let's, let's go to John 5, and you'll find a situation where Jesus didn't go to a hospital. There weren't such a thing back then. But you, you find this situation, uh, John 5, verse 1, After this, a Jewish festival took place, and Jew, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. By the Sheep Gate in Jerusalem, there's a pool called Bethesda in Hebrew, which has five colonnades. Within these lay a large number of the sick, blind, lame, and paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water, because an angel would go down to the pool from time to time and stir up the water. Um, verse 5, one man who had been there sick for 38 years, uh, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to get well? Sir, the sick man said, I don't have anybody to put me in the pool. Uh, skipping a bit, get to verse 8, get up, Jesus told him, pick up your mat and walk. Well, there's a large number of sick, lame, paralyzed people there. It is an argument for si from silence, but I will say John doesn't seem to record anybody else being healed there, which tells me that the mission of Jesus, inspired by the Holy Spirit, was not to clean out the hospitals, was not to clean out the sick places. Uh, and I, I doubt that would be the mission of anybody in the first century with the gift of healing. Um, I think the gift of healing was active in the first century, but we never hear of a story where Essentially, the hospitals were cleaned out. We do hear a few Malta stories where, um, towns yeah, the whole towns whole came towns. and were healed, but that doesn't happen every time. So I guess that would be a partial answer to that question, which is a very good objection. 
Um, I just don't know that that's the purpose of the gift of healing, even if you know, even if you would grant it's active today. I'm I, having a McFly moment like that right now because I, I've heard people talk about that story a hundred times, and I've never had anyone mention the other people that were waiting to. Well, they, it's a, it's almost glossed gotta, over. You know, they've got to be like, what? Yeah, you I, miss me, man. I'm absolutely. right here. That would be rough to be one of those. See, gummit, that's an argue for you, argument for you reformed people that he chooses who he wants to and he doesn't who he doesn't. Well, yeah. everybody's dead from John 5. Um, those mm. that trusted in Jesus and mm. those that didn't. So whether they got healed or not, in the long term, not a big deal. The gospel and what Jesus did for them on the cross, dying in their place, that's a big deal. So the purpose of healing for you then as a continuous would – so the purpose of healing for Sufficiency me of Christ for as, as a continuationist, um, that's, that's a good question. It, it, I don't know that there's always one purpose. Um, I, you, for instance, Jesus in the, uh, uh, the widow of Nain, he saw the, the, the mom who had lost a son and healed, raised the son from the dead. What was the purpose? Well, Jesus had compassion. The purpose was compassion. That he was moved by compassion. Uh, did it attest to him? Absolutely, it did. Anytime he raised the people from the dead, it did. What was the purpose of uh, Eutychus being raised from the dead? Those people were already believers. Well, I, I just think I think it was grace, but definitely miracles attest to the message. But I don't know that that's always the purpose in every case, even in Scripture, even in, in prophecy, Old Testament, New Testament. You know, there's prophecy in, in Ezra that happens. There's prophecy all throughout. Um, it's not always the case to attest to the messenger. God has a multiplicity of purposes with the gifts from time to time, I guess I would say. Um, I, I don't necessarily have an answer to your specific question, per se, other than the sufficiency of Christ, but... Um, he is sufficient. He is sufficient. Do you have another question? We will agree. Christ is sufficient. Amen. Word. Um, so kind of closing thoughts um, on this segment to wrap it up, unless there's another piece that anybody – you want to counterpoint Chase at all? No. Okay. No, cool. I'm good. Love it. Chase, do you want to drive the, the final nail in the coffin of Mr. Skinner here? Oh, I don't I don't think that's, that's necessary. I think he's already put his think, gun back in his holster. Put it I, back in the holster. I think David made a good argument, and uh, I, I hope we treated him fairly and treated that argument fairly. Because I will tell you this in terms of transition. I wouldn't have a problem in the world uh, partnering in ministry with a cessationist, Amen. going to church with a cessationist, having uh, – Hall of Dogma Church is uh, largely continuationist. Um, I – if we had a cessationist elder on board and he could handle, you know, some of the stuff we do and be okay with it, I, I would I would have a cessationist elder here. I guess I haven't thought that through a lot, but I, I think I think I would. I, I would I would I would not have any trouble ministering with a cessationist and I wouldn't have any trouble uh him trying to convince me I was wrong as long as uh he'd give me the equal opportunity to uh, banter back and forth. Well see and see that's for me, um you know, I, I grew up in a, in a Pentecostal church, Assemblies of God, and so there was – at this point in my life, I will say an overemphasis of the Spirit. Um, it felt like at times, and um, there, was, there was a pursuit of the gift, not the giver, 
probably times. an overemphasis of the gift. Maybe. Well, yeah. Keep keep going. There's there's pursuit of the gift yeah. rather than than the yeah. giver, and that has become a, a sig- significant source of very analytical, very regimented. What does the word say? You know. Oh, but I believe the Lord did. Okay, all right. Where where does it say it here? And the people who are able to speak in my life and go, hey, I was praying for you, and the Spirit led me to this. That number is very, very small. Um, but but something I had seen happen hundreds of times in the church I saw growing up, I saw happen in the most beautiful way at a meeting here that was not a, a whole dogma church only congregation. And I think I've told you this story. Um, but we were having a combined uh, worship service, and one of our, our elders, Samuel, was, was doing worship, and he actually called Chase to the stage. And you just thought it was one of those pastoral, hey, where do you want to go here, da-da-da-da-da. And, and no, he, he felt led of the Spirit that he had a, a message in tongues, tongues, actual tongues. And, and Chase, um, being the, the lead elder, Samuel, even though he was an elder, was deferring to him in this situation, um, and Samuel explained um, I believe the Spirit is leading me in this. Um, I pray that if it is of me, um, that it that it blows away in the wind like chaff and wheat uh, from wheat. And um, if it's of the Lord, that there's an interpretation and it's confirmed. And so he gave it, and um, someone who felt like they had an interpretation came to chase. Um, the interpretation was such that there was no. Uh, I don't know how you want to articulate the word here. But, but Chase didn't have any hold up in, in that interpretation, and it was actually confirmed by another person who was not of the same congregation that did not know the person that had the interpretation. So it was not one of the – it couldn't have been one of these elaborate hoax kind of things like you see um, 60-minute documentaries yeah. on the reality – behind the curtain of camp meeting kind of thing. Um but the message was was not trying to add to scripture. It was not trying to circumvent scripture. It was it was an edification to both fellowships about a, a kind of a new season they were entering into with one another that I think benefited all the members of both congregations to help them operate in a way that just one pastor or another didn't seem to to do. It was a supernatural work. And, and that was such a beautiful illustration of it to me that was not this sideshowy thing that was not – but you couldn't deny the Lord's working there. And so um, that's the kind of stuff that I, I affirm, yes and amen, that can happen. The the sideshowy stuff, I'm, I'm with you. Um, but I think at the point you start overemphasizing that, that's when you've got problems Um but that's too where my my experience plays in as well is I've I've never seen this done rightly, and rightly, I would say I've just never seen it done where yeah. it's not the showy theatrical. Yeah. You just seek miracles and signs from me. That's that's all I've it, yeah. And, and that's this, all I've seen and experienced in, in that. To me, is not biblical. Yeah, and, and if that that was my case, I I would I'm I'm enough of a, a cynic and a uh, contrarian to probably be a pretty good cessationist as well. Do you kind of have a closing thought you want to leave us with on this part? Yeah, I just, you know, I think, again, I, I completely agree and believe that the Holy Spirit is at work in, in doing miraculous things in the life of of sinners and, and, and believers and, and believers alike. And But I, I believe, as I see in Scripture, that, that the Spirit of God gives those gifts um, 
in particular places and circumstances for particular purposes for the glory of God. And, and, and I don't see that being now. I think that was at that time to accredit and validate that which was getting started, laying the foundation, and, and then once it's developed and mature. I would be interested to see if there's not a resurgence, kind of like what Chase was talking about, even if there is a, a season of – If so, I may come back and – Of fruit and, and famine or feast and famine and – Ex-cessationist David coming back <laughs> to um, – I'm surprised you didn't bring the foundation argument up. Uh, the brick, laying a yeah. brick. Why can't you do the same material? Well, you were ready for that. I was ready for I that. Know. See, I, I was going to fall into that Break through that like a Hawaiian punch uh, guy. Uh, hey, his name. Here's my closing okay. comment. So my brothers earnestly desire to prophesy. Do not forbid speaking. <laughs> Drops mic. By the way, I didn't away. write that one. That wasn't uh, – um, I was quoting somebody. Who, who exactly was that you were quoting, Chase? Paul. Oh. For, formerly Saul. That, but when he wrote that, his name was Paul. Is he a Christian? Uh, I believe he was. <laughs> yes. All right, fellas. Let's get over to – Out of context for the next game. Yeah, that was Paul. Is he a Christian? <laughs> might, have been a good, might have been a good title too. Is he a Christian? Uh, let's get to listener feedback. Uh, I have not written down anything. <laughs> You got us one of those handy dandy transitions there, ready there. Uh, well, if I wasn't writing narco down a, Nick. a likely title, yes, Nick the Narc. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Dogma, uh, we call you Narco Nick because you didn't like Nuclear Nick. So maybe we need to come up with something else. Yeah, I'd be okay. Nick with the Nun. Uh, <laughs> not going to happen, Chief. <laughs> All right. Not gonna happen. So My Nick, wife is beautiful. How about you get ready to read Chris James Studdard's question, and I'm going to read a little comment from our friend Richie Devote, um, or Devotee, if I want Devotee. to use the French pronunciation. And Richie, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name. He just posted this uh, just a few minutes ago in the Hall of Dogma I thought, uh, on Facebook. I thought it was worth highlighting. Richie is a cameraman at his church. Uh, obviously, it's probably a bigger church than the Hall of Dogma yeah. um, church. But Both the it, fact they have a cameraman and some of the details he's about to throw yeah, out here. Yeah, sounds, sounds pretty big. This is what he said. Finally, this, this long weekend has come to an end. Seven services, all within 36 hours, and a bunch of tapings in between services will wear a cameraman out. But it was all worth it, even if one life was changed. I, look, in terms of uh, a kind of a personal ministry philosophy I have, which is everybody plays ball, I just want to say kudos to you, Richie. You might not have uh, been the one preaching the word or leading the music or whatever, but you played a part. You played your part. You uh, you did the camera stuff and, and serving in the church, even in things that might not have – uh, a ton of glory attached to it, at least on the outset. I just kudos to that. That does my heart good to see somebody serving in a position like that. So shout hero. out to you, Richie. Amen. Yeah, good job. H- hug your sound person because I guarantee sound you. Sound people the same. If you don't like the sound, they probably don't love it either. They've just been told by 47 people what doesn't sound right and never any idea how they want it fixed, and they're just doing the best they can. Oh, you won't, you'll, you'll never believe how easy it is for the sound guy to take down a whole service. Something goes wrong, the whole service just goes at the sound guy. Tweets oh, it, yeah. Does it? Something wrong? Yeah. Feedback in the mic? There's no telling. Sound guys, camera guys, all of it. Look, I've, Presentation I've seen people, pastors. Props. I've seen big-name pastors and evangelists and speakers go after sound and audio-visual guys 
If you're a leader in the church, don't do that crap. Shame Who on do you. you think you are? You're not that important. I'm not that important. None of us are that important. Don't. That's like treating waiters and waitresses bad. That is just a shameful thing to do. Don't don't do that. Don't be a jerk. Yeah, don't be a jerk. I don't want to say amen too loud because there's a good chance on any given Sunday here I may be a sound guy. So, um, but I, I, yeah, I'm with Chase on that. All right, from uh, Mr. Studdard, um, I'm sorry if I butchered that, Chris. Just no, I love you, brother. Um, okay, after a post a few weeks back asking for advice with working with a certain people in Middlesbrough, I would like more advice following the gay conversation. Basically, the guy I was looking to work with is pro the decision last week and is pro gay Christian. So I have spent time, as I'm sure many, if not all of you, have thought about the ramifications of this decision. I can't get over the fact that, to me, the problem between the two sides in the church, not those, not those outside, is their view on homosexual sex is a sin or not. My question is this: Can anyone work with someone for the good of a city with someone who doesn't call a sin, no matter what, it is a sin? I have been thinking about Jesus' teaching on being aware of the leaven and teaching and its ability to spoil. Any advice appreciated. Thanks. Kick it to you first. Keep. Good question. Uh, good of the city. What do we mean by good of the city? Cleaning up, feeding the homeless, doing those things? Yeah, I don't have an issue with social, that. Social gospel, baby. Social, let's do it all day long. We can do it for the good. But to me, the ultimate good is having a relationship with Christ, it is having new life in Christ and being eternally secure in Christ. Uh, and if it comes to that, if that's what we mean by good of the city, uh, I would have a problem working alongside them. Because when it comes to it, after I feed you, I'm going to want to talk to you about Jesus, and, and I'm going to have to tell you that that there's sin, but yet there's a Savior. Uh, and if we don't see sin eye to eye, then, then there's there's going to be some issues there. Yeah. I, I Look, I, I totally I totally agree with that. I I can I can go to lunch with uh, a pastor that believes homosexuality is okay. Uh, I can go to lunch with homosexuals, have them in my home, uh, yep. love on them, be friends with them. Yep. But in terms of of partnering in ministry with another minister who accepts that, I don't I don't think you can do that, Chris. I don't think we can do that. Here's the thing. Here's here's why the stakes are so high. And I want to be you know a Bible thumping whatever here. Uh, I, I do want to be a Bible-believing person. And, and this is what Paul says, 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Look, that's New Testament. I, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I know Greek enough to know exactly what Paul's talking about there. He's not talking about temple prostitution. He's not talking about pederasty when a man has his relations with a with a child or with a, a, a teenager. He's talking about men having sex with men. The Greek couldn't be clearer. And there's Romans 1 and Revelation besides along with other passages. Paul is saying here, People who practice homosexuality will not inherit the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean people who are tempted. That doesn't mean former homosexuals, because Paul says the church is made up of people like the people that used to do that: sexually immoral, idolaters, adulterers, drunkards, thieves. Paul doesn't separate that sin from any of the other sins, but it is a life and death issue. 
this is not my philosophy. This is not my belief. This is what the Bible says. And the question you got to ask is, is the Bible wrong? I'm, I'm wrong all the time on a lot of different things. But the question here is the Bible wrong on this issue. And I don't believe it is. I believe it is absolutely the word of God and it is to be cleaved with. And therefore, I don't think you can be partnered in ministry with somebody who denies that critical portion of the Bible. Good word. That was a good word. I look, I, you know, I'm just going to repeat everything you guys said. I, I think Christians need to be more open to relationships with, with homosexuals or transgender in terms of, you know, not, not, not avoiding them, but that's, that's a long way from partnering in ministry. Um, you know, any, any type of social, um, wellness, you know, feed, feed the homeless, you know, any of those kind of things, clean up the city. Absolutely. Orphans, widows. Yes. But my reason to do that is always going to be to share the gospel. And when we get down to the gospel, we're going to believe drastically different things. Yeah. And, and, and so it, it would make it, it would be difficult. You know, I'd want them to know who I am up front before they partner with me on the social aspect. But if, if we could do that, Hey, cool. But just know that it's not just this for me. The reason for me to do this is that, and yeah. and if we're gonna scrap, then we may need to part ways now. So yeah. um, that's why I'm in there. So um, we've got a couple of voicemails. Is that the last? Uh, yes. Written feedback. All right. We'll wrap up with a couple of uh, voicemails, and call right. these voicemails maybe. You'll just have to judge for yourself. Uh, a couple of ways to leave us voicemails if you like, uh, 205-575-9735 or SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slash thegospelfriends. Or a few of these have even been come through as MP3s in um, in Gmail. So hit us up and we'll, um, well, as you hear, we'll probably play just about anything. Just about. Hi, guys. It's me, Barbara McQuelling. I'm calling back to tell you guys that me and Bobby are moving. That's right. We found us a wonderful... Hold on a minute. Excuse me, sir. You can't leave that there. Yeah, you too. Anyway, anyway, we found us a nice apartment here in New York City. Christian, but 
you find yourself in an area where people are pushing your buttons. Anyway, nice to hear from you. I'd love to hear you answer. Bye. All right, so the question we got from Barbara in upstate New York is real quick. And and a listener and a yeah. member of the Hall of Dogma Church just said, "Shout out to Ann. Chase just had that yeah. look. What does that look? I don't know. For better or worse, Anne, as you will hear if you download the podcast later, you can thank your husband. Whoa, what husband? What? That was obviously a oh. female from upstate. Yes, York, clearly. Calling. I don't know what you're going on about. So, uh, uh, I forgot the question now. What do you do when you're in a thank con- you a environment not conducive with being a Christian? I think was it. That's a good they question. They help, Super Dad. They help. That's uh, that's kind of the question that Chris James Studdard is asking. What What do you do when there's not a lot of uh, uh, other Bible believing believers around? Are, are we really supposed to give a serious answer to this voicemail? Probably not. Uh, so I'll just say know. pray and read your Bible. I'd just cuss them out. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you can let, let's put it later. Let, let's put it on the Twitter wow. poll. Wow! Do you, wow! Do you, See, that is why I can't be a Calvinist right there. <laughs> do you pray and read your Bible or do you exactly. cuss them out? So retweet for uh, pray and read your Bible or favorite <laughs> or, for cuss them out. Or we need to start a meme because some of you I know have cussed them out because we all have right at some point. I don't, Look, there's times I don't even you, want to talk about. I don't it. even know swear words. Okay, that was a lot. Wow. All right. Thank you as always for your insightful and well articulated questions, Barbara. Oh yeah, that was yeah. brilliant. Barbara is an invaluable member of the the Hall of Dogs. We love Barbara. We do. I just met Barbara, and I love her. Yeah, she's something. One more voicemail. This is surely more serious. See, than I really that one. do feel like we should answer her question somehow, but I can't after that voicemail formula response. All right, moving on. Hello, gospel guys. Oh boy, this is the Hall Nine Thousand with the Hall Call Android Update Edition. I was watching a medical drama called Doctor Who, and these robots say upgrading is compulsory, so I upgraded to the latest version of Android Lollipop. It has been pretty awesome, so I have a full bat, bat, battery, oh, 90%. Anyway, I decided to ask you a question, oh, 60%. Well, my question is, um, well... My memory seems to be leaking, and my question drained out. Oh, 30%. Anyways, I really like the show, and just want to give a shout out to... So did the whole 9000 there say you really like the show? I thought he was our enemy. Breaking barriers. You know what? Maybe... Breaking barriers. <laughs> Maybe it's the upgrade. That- <laughs> Lollipop made him nicer. He found- He just needed a little bit of candy. But alas, he's no longer with us. Well, Cornelius Furtive and uh, his, his gang—they need to get uh, Doctor uh, Mayhem. They need to get, or they can run a real OS and install iOS. Either one, either one. There you go. Well, that was an amazing Hashtag Apple for life. That was an amazing voicemail. That had some really good special effects too. Yes, it did. Yeah, it did. Whoever, just, whoever the Hall Nine Thousand well is, well done. But well done. You're Indeed. an invaluable HM member of this community. Nine Thousand. Wow, you gave the golf saddest clap. golf clap I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I don't know how hot these mics are, man. I'm just trying to. He's trying to keep it real. Oh, that's fine. All right, so that is, I think, a wrap. Uh, 12:30 a.m. Wow. Hey, thanks, Periscope, hey, for watching. That is the thanks earliest we finished with in us. a few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for sticking with us. <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right. What so, is our problem? All right. So what's your, what's your um, 
What's your? Are you gonna throw something on me? Let's go. Uh, not too bad. Uh, so, what's your? You know, what's your take? How? You, what's What's the thing you want to leave the audience with? Since we don't know if you're going to be back yet. Well, wow. this wasn't scripted. No, it's it not scripted at all. Um, being a cessationist and all, I think the biggest thing is don't worry about <laughs> Got to that. Bring that up. Again. I think the biggest thing is Jesus. Amen. Reality to Him and our love for Him and knowing that our righteousness comes through Him and Him alone. Um, and thanks for letting me on the show. I enjoyed it. Thanks, listeners, for periscopers, tweeters, whatever you are. Thank you. I uh, enjoyed it. And um, maybe there'll be a second round. I don't know. That's up to I these guys. There might but, be. Um, so yeah. I, see, I'm biased. Appreciate so it very I much. I don't get a vote. I'm like Samuel when he's interviewing friends at work. Chase, does well, he get his, did well, he get his third? Make the call because I'm his stunt double, aren't I? There's. T- well, oh. we've got some news coming next week about McConnell. I mean, we could always already announce it now, but. Do we want to do that? I mean, do we nah, want to do that now this just, way? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fine. Next week. It's um, heartbreaking enough. So does he get his third? Does he get his third check mark or did he? Did well, he's he got to replace McConnell, does he not? Did I win? Did I? Did well, I yeah, win? I'm, I'm looking for the. Um, did I take the three? Is it America Got Talent? Did he? Did he get? Did he pass all three rounds without I, an X? He did great. There you, you go. You did great. Look at you. You're like an old pro. Well done. Well done. It'll be a good round. Thank God Chase doesn't mind working with cessationist. Not a bit. All right. Well, that's. We're going to wrap it up. We've we've kind of thrown the the contact info throughout the show, but the hall uh, the excuse me, wow, it's late. Thegospelfriends.com, You can find everything: show notes, uh, voicemail numbers, uh, social media. Um, so check out the thegospelfriends.com. Um, it's an interesting website. We enjoy it. It is. Um, but the big big place for discussion is the Hall of Dogma Facebook. Facebook.com slash group slash Hall of Dogma or just Hall of We are on Twitter at my gospel friends. TheGospelFriends at gmail.com uh, for email. So feel free to reach out to us. We love hearing from listeners, um, and we honestly don't mind hearing from people who disagree with us, um, even if you think we're crazy. We don't, we don't mind engaging in that conversation. It's why we, it's why we do the show. Um, we want to edify um, believers and, 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 and engage with those who, who are and may have questions or even disagree, or if, if you're a non-believer and you want to hash some of this stuff out or just talk about it we we don't mind that's that's a reason we're here so absolutely we'd love to hear from you so check us out on any of those resources and um chase sleeps till about 11 a.m and, and david and i work for corporate america so our, yeah. our time windows are interesting but we'll be glad to we'll be glad to chat it up with you but for now yeah. we'll spit ado as we say tune in next time when you may hear chase say hey why don't we bring back the other david wow <laughs> just kidding love mcconnell it. love you no he's not Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is a friend of mine. Mm.